Do you want me to turn it? I turn it up a little bit. No, that looks pretty good. As long as we don't get like up here, we should be fine. (laughs) We just don't try and eat the mic, basically. All right, let's let's start this stink train, shall we? Welcome everybody to the to its time. I'm gonna. We might have to do that again because well, also because you leaned forward. Did I? This is the temporary theme song for the Media Lunch Break. Hey everybody, welcome to the Media Lunch Break, where we sum up all of your comic book, movie, and geek news into a nice time when you can... Ah, fuck me, I'm gonna do that one more time. <laughs> Just do it. That's the cold open. Just go. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get three times... Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Here we go. Ready? Were you the first child? I hate you. <laughs> welcome everybody to the Media Lunch Break. Where we sum up all of your comic book geek and movie news into the time when it takes you to eat a nice sandwich and perhaps a fluffy croissant. As always, I am your host, Chris Treble, and alongside me is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Hi. There we go. Lot to get to today. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through some news. We're going to um, say goodbye to someone that's... Uh, it's it, No matter how, how old he is, it's too soon. Do you want to get right to the news right yeah. now? All right. Um, if, if you ask me that, does that mean that I have a say in this? Not really. I just, <laughs> all right. I just, I just want you to sure. feel involved. Okay. It's I just really wanted to double check. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm running this ship. Okay. All right. As always, I'll give you the option. Do you want to start with Marvel or do you want to start with DC? What's better? Mm, probably Marvel. DC. Excellent. I want to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> um. You fuck. Yeah. So there was a good bit of Star Trek news that actually came out. I don't know if you're aware of the new Star Trek series that they're that CBS is planning. So let me fill you in. CBS launched is or is about to launch CBS All Access, which is their online format. It's like a Netflix. Yeah, it's like a Netflix. You have more to, like you, an HBO Go. Yeah, you actually have to pay to get this content. Um, and the their big launching point is that they're starting a new. Star Trek series. Oh. Now that's going to be run by Brian Fuller, who is famous for Pushing Daisies, Heroes. But uh, he just did an interview earlier this week, and he let out a bunch of new stuff. Now, they've been trying to figure out who this is going to follow, where in the timeline Mm -hmm. it's going to lie. Yeah, is it going to be a new set of people? uh, It's going to be a new set of people. It's called Star Trek Discovery, which is also the name of the ship that they're going to use. The big question was, who's the lead character? Yeah, sure. And where does it fall in the timeline? Yeah. Now that we have the new um, <laughs> Abrams verse. And one of the, and this is really interesting to me, um, and not to you at all, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So, the hell with it. Well, I'm going to go get something to eat. Though. Cool. I'm just going to keep talking. So, no, what they revealed was the lead character is a female human, not a captain. Of the ship. I was going to ask, yeah. Okay. Not the captain of the ship this time. The The character is going to be referred to as number one, which, for those of you who are familiar with your Star Trek lore, Andrew, by the blank stare on his face, How is not you. one of them. Is this going to be a Riker thing? It is a Riker thing! Booyah! Ooh! In well your done. face. In yeah. your face. Um, Riker was referred to as number one. So the fact that she's referred to by, by number one means that she is a commander. She is the. She should be the first commander of the ship. This is apparently a nod to the first 
commander of the unused pilot for Star Trek that of the original series. Let's go deep what does that with mean? the Star Trek lore. So in the original st- series, they Christopher Pike was the captain and not Captain Kirk. Oh. That's where that person comes from in the new Abrams verse. Christopher Pike was the original captain of the Starship Enterprise. Uh, when? For the for the show? For the show. And when did he take over? He so cuz Kirk was, became Captain Kirk. Right. In, but there was a pilot that they shot mm-hmm. that they I think that they aired and then scrapped it and started all over again. Got and it. Put Shatner in as Captain okay. Kirk. Got it. Um but in the original pilot Was he Commander Kirk in the pilot? No, I don't believe so. Hmm. I think it, it was like just a different a different set of characters. Okay. Um, because no, he definitely wasn't because in the original pilot, the commander was a woman. Oh, okay. And this is they Brian Fuller actually came out this week and said this is a nod to to her. Oh, okay. To this sure. to this character that only made it one episode. So um, we're gonna have a female led Star Trek show. That's a non-captain. So this is all kind of new. They did have a... I mean, the captain of Voyager, Captain Janeway, was a female. But the fact that this is following a non-captain officer is new territory. Yeah, that's double the fanboy tears. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The first season is only going to be 13 episodes. Oh. Yeah. And I guess it's going to be serialized, so it's not episodic. It's not like a self-contained episode. Got it. The big news... That they had released is, and they re- had released this earlier, but they've you've gotten more. We've gotten more details about it. Is that Fuller and Alex Kurtzman is in the writers' room? Alex Kurtzman was one of the writers of the Star Trek series with Chris Pine, sure. and Nicholas Myers is also in the writers' room. Nicholas Myers wrote Wrath of Khan. Oh. And Voyage Home. Nice. And Undiscovered Country. Are any of those bad? No, those are all the good ones. There nice. is the trope that the even-numbered Star Treks are the good Star Treks. Right. Nicholas Myers wrote all of them. So he has written the second episode of the series. So that's something to look forward to. The big, really big news is when they set the... Where in the timeline they set the, the uh, series. Sure. Ten years before the original series. Oh. Now, what this means, and I'm about to blow your mind, what this means is this series falls in both universes. Both sure. the Shatnerverse yeah. and the Chris Pineverse. Yeah, because it's before it split. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, they, you could have you could have pretty much any number of guests come on sure. in some sort of way. But I would really hope, too, that... Uh... I hope this show lasts 10 years so we can see which direction they go. That would be... Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. And they say that this show is going to be based around some sort of event that is in the Star Trek lore that's only been referred to oh. but never actually shown. There's a big Klingon war that, that people talk about that I don't know if we're going to actually see because I think that technically play, takes place after the original series. That's okay. the idea. But a lot of, uh, lot of interesting news about that. I'm more excited, clearly, than you. You didn't grow up on Star Trek, did you? No, no. I watched Star Wars. I, I've okay, seen... You can watch both, all right? Nah. Yeah. I've seen... I like the new movies, because they're Star Wars movies. Right. Um, now, how much did you go... How much did you know about Star Trek going into the new movies? Well, I dated a girl for four years who was a huge Trekkie as a child. 
and as an adult because Cause no you matter how you hard don't you try, no. yeah, you can't get rid of that. I mean, once you're, yeah, once you're, I mean, I grew up on Star Trek, the next generation, but that's kind of ingrained in you. It is definitely one of those things that yeah. you take with you wherever. So I knew, I knew a good bit going in. Oddly, I didn't know who Chris Hemsworth was and he plays his dad in it. Yes. Which is something we didn't get a chance to talk about last week but chris hemsworth oh yeah in the next star trek movie yeah which is going to be really interesting because now they're bringing in time travel which is a big star trek thing well as far as i know they haven't said that they're bringing in time travel right i'm sorry i should i should say people are predicting that right because i was gonna say this could be a prequel yeah, but then they're gonna. How are they gonna bring in the rest of the cast? Well, then people? they wouldn't. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're not gonna. I think it's more likely. Yeah. Look, they're... Chris Hemsworth is great, and you can definitely shape most of a movie around him, as they've tried to in the past. You're gonna say no, they can't. Look, you asked me how do they bring in the rest of the cast into right. that, and I'll give you my answer by the power of Thor. <laughs> he just brings it he in. Just brings it lightning in. strikes in. He plays both Kirk, whatever his Mister Kirk, Senior Kirk. What's his name? Uh, George? That's a stupid name. George? George Kirk? Kirk? No. It might be. Somebody out there. I think it's George. Shitting right. themselves in anger that I don't know this. I think they're still hung up on a female non captain. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> I mean, they, I, think we, I think we've gone under the radar pretty well. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they said it's a female non captain, so it's just a matter of time till Twitter harasses whoever they cast. Till that person quits Twitter, as the internet is bound to do. Anyway, <laughs> so um, another bit of news. This is a something that I touched upon last week when we were talking about Suicide Squad. Is it your penis? Well, I mean, I touched upon that all the week, all during the week. Every, and I'm doing it right now. I know it's distracting, but you're just gonna just look at my eyes. I'll power through it. Um, <laughs> so will I. Uh. Yeah. JLA Dark. Oh yeah. Do you remember me talking about this? Yes, I do. Yeah. So they've been trying to do this for a while. JLA Dark, to kind of briefly sum this up again, took all of the magical elements, all of the the people like John Constantine, uh, Zatanna, um, the uh, uh, Dead Man. Who is a great character, and I am excited to hopefully see him on the big screen. Um, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is another one. They, uh, Phantom Stranger, um, Raven, uh, Madame Xanadu. Um, I'm just reading a, a random. Yeah, you're cheating right now. You, yeah. you like to pretend that you're a nerd, but you don't know anything, do you? No, nope. it's all a big ploy. Yeah, they collectively formed a group known as the Justice League Dark that just pretty much dealt with problems or crises that the normal Justice League couldn't handle because it, it fell into the magical realm, and it was it was kind of like the dark arts version of the Justice League. And I had said last week that this that the plot of Suicide Squad would have made a great plot. For a Justice League Dark movie, and was a terrible plot for Suicide Squad. Well, now we know that Zack Snyder listens to our podcast. Yeah, so that's nice. I mean, it, it was only a matter of time. <laughs> um, so Guillermo del Guillermo, yeah, that's Guillermo it. del Toro was always has always been attached to this project. Really, he's been trying to. How do long this. has it been going on? It's been trying to get done for a few years now. Uh-huh. He's been he's been attached to it. Um, and I think it's a great idea because there's a lot of unused, uh, properties in the DC universe that they haven't really been mining a whole lot. 
I, I just want as much of Del Toro as I can. Well, and he would be great for this. Once, like, yeah, I was thinking Swamp Thing is like right yeah. up his alley. I mean, if you've seen, if you've ever seen Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, you can immediately think of what he could do. Or with Hellboy it, or, Two, or Hellboy Two, or One. Well, yeah, but Hellboy Two is when they go to that like mystical world. Where oh, right. like, I've not seen. I saw Hellboy One. I oh, missed Hellboy man, Two. Oh man, you should check out Hellboy Two. Okay. That'll probably be an assignment at some point. But he, there's at one point where they're they're chasing this like otherworldly being through another world basically right, right and it's just an entire city of del toro's creation oh that's yeah exactly so this would be this would be great for him now he has the bad news is he's just dropped out as director but i believe he's gonna stay and still produce all right that's all you need. um the person that they've attached as the director is doug lyman who was the director of Edge of Tomorrow oh. and The Born Identity and sure. a couple of others. A, a solid director, to yeah, be sure. And I think as long as you still have Del Toro producing and putting his his spin on it. Sure. Like I said, he, I know he's been trying to shepherd this for a while. Yeah. Then uh, it's going to be, it's, it's still going to be pretty good. Well, there have been times, too, I've been thinking lately, like, there are times when I ask myself, why do we even have directors anymore? Where, like... There's so many the movies. Time. Well, like you look, you look at like Suicide Squad, and you go, somebody directed this. Well, not even necessarily that, but like editors, producers. Yes, these people stepped in so heavily. Right, and David Smith, Ayer, Ayer, Ayer Smith, Smith is not a big name by any means. Uh, He's fine, but it's. I mean, it's not like no one's going to read that that lineup and right. go, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, David Ayer. I mean, I wasn't gonna go to it, but I sure, sure will, will now, you know? Yeah. So, wh- you know, there are times where I'm like, why not just Plug have, a, have a representative of the producer stand idly by right. and just... Wa- I mean, I know why a director needs to be there, right? but, like, they don't seem to be utilizing... Yeah, I think, well... I, and not to start up the eternal debate of what is DC doing wrong and what is Marvel doing right, but sure. here's what DC is doing wrong and what Marvel is doing right... And that's that they will hire, Marvel will hire a variety of directors with a variety of viewpoints and a variety of styles, but put them into the right project and let them do their thing, and but still kind of shape it within the full universe. Like, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange is that Scott Derrickson's doing it, and Scott Derrickson is a big horror movie director. So he's really good at doing kind of a darker tone and a, and a grittier tone to that that I think is going to work well when you're dealing with a character that is more mystical or more yeah, astral plane or more call. supernatural. I'm sure that Marvel has stepped in and honed it so that if you were to watch it side by side with, say, Ant-Man or Captain America, it all fits. It doesn't look crazy or off the wall from everything else. Sure. I think that's one of the things that fell apart with Edgar Wright when he was doing Ant-Man, is that Edgar Wright has a very strong stylistic choice. Yeah. And I think his Ant-Man would have been phenomenal. Yeah. I do wonder how well, if you would have watched Edgar Wright's Ant-Man, again with the Avengers, tonally, they have to fit in the same universe. You're making you're making expensive television when you're talking about the MCU. Sure. I, I sort of agree. I, I mean, I would say as long as... As long as what Paul Rudd does right. meshes well with what Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. etc. Yeah. do, yes. then that doesn't really matter too much. Right. I, but I, I... And also, I mean, I just have... 
such a huge desire to see as much Edgar Wright work yeah. as possible. Yeah, oh, believe Every, me. Everything I see of his just sends me into a No, a nothing, of... I would have loved nothing more than to see that and yeah. to him to kind of shake it up a little bit, uh, the, shake up the MCU yeah. a little bit. But I think that's where the clash was, sure. was he wants to do his Edgar Wright thing, yeah, which probably. is great, but Marvel says, listen, this has got to fit in a bigger picture. Yeah, you're probably And right. I think the problem that DC has... I mean, they haven't done a whole lot of a David Ayer, Ayer Smith is the first director outside of Zack Snyder that we've seen do this. Correct. But do you think it's possible that they saw the horrible reception that giving Zack Snyder a ton of power brought with it, yeah. and then they said, "Look, we're not going to make that same mistake again." So when they brought on another director for Suicide Squad, they said, "Look, you're going to do what we want you to do." No, I think that in some ways, I think it's the opposite. I think they hire they see Zack Snyder as a director, but he's also kind of in charge, or at least for a hot moment, he was in charge of this whole DC yeah. EU. <laughs> Jeff right. Johns is now. Oh. Formally in charge. Wow. I believe. Um, That's a good call. If I remember that. I know he has a position of power, which is a great call. Yeah. Because, and I think all the good things that you saw about Suicide Squad is Jeff John's input of going, you know, this is, this is how these characters function the best. You, you want to steer towards this. But I think the problem was when you put a director in charge of a multitude of projects. To set a tone. Sure. They work with their tone and they work really well. And they understand how other directors work, but they can't... It's... I would think it might be harder for a director to craft a larger picture with other directors. Well, and... Unless he was doing all of the movies. Whereas Marvel has Kevin Feige, who is a producer... And a producer can come in and say, this person does this well, so he'll do this and this and this and this. But all of you guys need, well, I, you know, he's the overall, he's the, the hub of all of the wheel One, that um, all the spokes come into. And uh, now Zack Snyder, he's on three movies, right? Because he will be, he's still yeah, doing he, Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, so this will be his third wow. DCEU yeah. movie. We'll get two Zacks. we've had two Zack Snyders, we've now had one David Ayer, and... We'll get another Zack Snyder. No, I'm sorry. We'll get Patty Smith. We'll get Wonder Woman, and then we'll. Oh get... yeah, that looks good. And yeah, that does that does look really good. Um, Here's hoping. But that's the same thing we said about Suicide Squad. So who knows? Yeah, I said it looked fine. That's... I was pretty sure I wasn't going to like it very much. I I and think... we have that on tape. That is we, true. We recorded a fake pilot. Yes. That no one will ever hear. Well, that and in that pilot. Christopher Pike was one of the recorders, and the other host of the podcast was a female. And then they replaced them. That was, was that a call supposed back. to be a joke? Yes. Oh, Jesus. It landed you. really well. Yeah, I can tell. So here's some of my news. Go for it. Hit me. Yeah? I guess so. All right. So here's the hit. Zombieland 2 officially underway. What? Yeah, I don't know if you... Have you ever seen Zombieland? Yes! So they've been trying for a while to get Zombieland 2 because it was sort of an unexpected success. No yeah. one really knows why. It was sort of a B-movie that, that the, the production company was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Right. We'll put a little bit of money into this and see what happens. And it made like a fortune, basically. So they've been trying to, to <clears throat> redo it. And the director, or the writers, mm -hmm. have been... Very busy as of late. I forget their names. They're the same guys who wrote um, Deadpool. Oh, So okay. they've been very busy and they haven't really had any time to do it. But now that Deadpool's done, and they've probably been writing Deadpool for the past nine years. Right. Because that's how long it's been in limbo. Yeah. Um, 
So while that was happening, the production company, I forget who it is, like Universal, Paramount, whoever, was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we still want to do it, so we got to get a new writer, we got to get a new director, we got to get a new team, whatever, on and on. Right. And they, um, no one stuck. They couldn't get anyone to stay on it or to figure it out or to write a good enough script, and eventually these guys came back, and so right. they're writing a sequel. Right. Um, they also, uh, what they announced specifically is that they're, they're, I believe today they're meeting, they met with um, Woody Harrelson to talk oh. about... The movie and how yeah. they want to do it and what they want, what their goal is and what, right. what the arc will be. Um, and in this same interview where I saw them uh, admit this, not that it is admitting anything, but <laughs> the, when they announced this, right. they uh, they also mentioned the infamous Bill Murray scene. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't wait for their follow-up Dan Aykroyd cameo. Ugh. <laughs> eh. Did you know that he was maybe their 20th choice? Why would you ever make Bill Murray your 20th choice for anything? They went through, they said 15 or 16 people, and they, uh, they, and this is why I, we, we had a discussion a little earlier about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. One of the people they went to was Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme? Damme for that role. And they had, obviously, they, they, they sent out the scripts to maybe 15 or 16 people, all big name celebrities, and they each had their own scene that these writers had written for them. That was that was absolutely like detailed for them. So somewhere out there, there is a script for Zombieland with Jean Claude playing himself. And now they have heard through a third party uh-huh. that it is his greatest regret turning it down. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, that's his greatest regret. Evidently. Which Over is, Time Cop? <laughs> evidently, or Bloodsport, or anything else he's ever been in. Or being Jean-Claude Van Damme. So, so, they sent it to a bunch of people, he was one of them, he turned it down. Um, and then they went to their agents and they were like, well, what other names do we have left that we could send this to? And the, the agent was like, well, I've got two names for you, Dustin Hoffman and Bill Murray. And they said yes and yes. And they sent them to both. Dustin Hoffman wanted to but couldn't. Bill Murray requested they send it to a P.O. box belonging to a local FedEx in his neighborhood because yep. he's infamously difficult That's, to get a hold of. Yes, infamously. He Bill yes. Murray has a 1-800 number. No agent. No agent. He's never had an agent. He has a 1-800 number that, that he you, doesn't answer. That he... That he he doesn't answer. It's got a you voice will go to it an answering machine. In my mind, when I picture this, I like to think it's still an old-fashioned answering machine. Oh, it could be. Um, that he admittedly <clears throat> rarely checks, and whatever kind of gets by when he checks it, he might consider doing. He has said people have had whole careers based on the things that he's missed. Oh, yeah. On the amount of projects. Too. Go on. Anyway, so they sent it to a P.O. box. Right. So they sent it to Bill Murray. He reads it. Right. And he gets back to them. And he says, look, I like it, but there isn't really enough in it for me. Because the idea was that he had already been turned into a zombie. So there was, the idea was going to right. be that they were going to go into this house. Right. And then Bill Murray's, Bill Murray's zombie, zombie was going to walk out and they were just going to kill him or whatever. It was going to just be five seconds. Right. Okay. Uh, and he said, there isn't a lot for me in this. So they just very quickly hammered out what ended up being... They were like, oh, I'm sorry, that's an old draft. We got it. They we didn't have, even... We no, sent they you were, the wrong draft. Like, I got look, a new draft. I they were like, draft. look, we really want you, so yeah. here's here's what we've added. No, I would say they would yeah, fake yeah, yeah. it. They would they just should, say... But, yeah. yeah, but that's what... Murray uh, doesn't like it. Write something else. And speaking of stuff being different than it could have been, do you hear about what... I thought sim- you were just going to sum up all of my life. <laughs> Your parents could have been happy. <laughs> Did you hear about what uh, Captain America almost was? Yes. The, it was... Um, 
Ma- I did hear it was Mad Bomb. Mad Bomb. They were considering it was yep. granted it was a an early early draft. It was one of the first ideas they just sort of threw off the top of their heads. Yeah. And uh, the idea was to have Captain America running through America fighting zombies. Just fighting people. Just fighting <laughs> yeah. average Joes. Just zombies. Yeah. Like people who are controlled, mind controlled, which would have been horrendous because it would have been the third time in like 2 years that we've seen a mass amount of mind control right. in an Avengers movie or in a in a That's Marvel true. movie. That's true. That's true. Although we've never seen what I do like is we've never seen the Avengers during the mind control just kick the ass of some random housewife and trucker like just babies just babe toddlers LMG just walks into an elementary school and he's just attacked by a bunch of i like the idea children. that someone in the midst of this would run up to him for help and he would still just he would just punch them. him and, and they're like, like what sorry. the hell man yeah. he's like oh i'm sorry um yeah that was a fascinating story did you hear also okay Oh, you're just on a roll. I've got so many. Look at and you! I'm gonna try and blaze through these. Did you hear about the guy who broke the record for the most functional gadgets on a cosplay costume? What? So a guy cosplayed as Batman. No. And he has broken the Guinness Book of World Records record for the most functional gadgets, meaning his gadgets that right. he has on his person right. do what they're supposed to do okay two questions mm-hmm. one what was the previous record i don't know two what is now the current record i don't know great <laughs> it's 23 23 awesome. is the current record really yeah and he just he, took like every he t- he said he found inspiration from the arkham games because i imagine sure. in those games i've never <laughs> played them but they do have a lot of gadgets yeah yes. i was gonna say i imagine there's a lot of stuff for you to cycle yeah, yeah, through. Yeah. so he's got yeah like a grappling hook and like some weird lighter thing i don't know not all of it looks super impressive but right. some of it was really interesting he's just like i got a zippo <laughs> and uh what's this is Pop that rocks. happy eating twinkie that's a gadget right i, I mean, got a, i got sustenance. this this bat hammer it's like a regular hammer um, but this one kills people that's what they're like eh, they all kill people dude come on that's that's fascinating. I know, so that's um, pretty cool, right? I like that he I like that he said he drew inspiration from the Arkham games and not I don't know the actual comics of Batman, who also has a lot of gadgets in his utility belt. Sure, but the the hard part with that is you can't just buy a random comic, open it up to a random page, and then see all of the gadgets that Batman has. You'd have to, like, do some research and read through it. Whereas with Arkham, you can literally just, like, I imagine, open up a list of options or the controls or whatever. Oh, Andrew, if you're cosplaying as Batman with a working utility belt, you don't just buy one random comic and flip through it. You have all of them already. Let's be honest with ourselves touche yeah what else you got you got anything else yeah i got a bunch of stuff all right um, did, sure. you, did you hear about north korea's netflix <laughs> so they've got their own Can netflix just random google word searches <laughs> and just see what comes up and see literally how in here? literally all of this is made netflix up. north korea Google, just you Listen, just type in words. I went into the bathroom without my phone today, and I just had to start writing stuff down. Okay, so great. I, it's all made up. All right, awesome. But uh, no, and this is <laughs> this is not going to help my case. It's called Man Bang. It's probably pronounced Man Bang. Nope, right. not anymore. The Man Bang. Yeah, and it's. A streaming service that you can purchase if you are a North Korea resident. So far, this is still everything that I think it sounds like. Go on. It has the same 
template, I forget what you call that, but sort of the same aesthetic as Netflix. It's still the same you can thing look that I at think it. it is. Go you, on. If you look at the, the software and the operating sure. system, it looks just like Netflix. Sure. Uh, it will feature... Original content? Probably. Still the same thing that I think it, it is. Will, Keep it, going. It will feature television and full-length feature films... Oh, I bet it's full-length. ...that are approved by the leader... <laughs> Kim Jong-un for the people to watch. Sure. It's going to be four actual movies and 48 home movies of Kim (laughs) Jong-un. That's it. That's going to be it. That's probably true. Or And then one copy of the Avengers where all of the Avengers heads have been superimposed with Kim Jong-un's face. (laughs) Like just scotch taped (laughs) on top of Chris Evans' body. That's pretty good. And one Kim Jong-il. Yeah, They got a picture of him. Yeah, that's the, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Jong-un, because as you know, that's the thing. Kim Jong-un is always angry. Is that when he morphs into the Hulk, it just becomes Kim Jong-il. Oh, because he's the Kim Jong-ilist. Oh, God, I just threw up in my mouth. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I also... All right, there's a few things that we can just sort of skim through. Okay, go. Uh, Adult Swim is remaking Toe Jam and Earl. You know Toe Jam and Earl? Uh, it's an old video game from like the 90s. Yes, okay. I've heard of it, but I don't remember. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a TV show or a video game. I assume it's a TV show, but I would they're going to try and bring it back. All right. Have you seen John Krasinski's video talking about his Captain America audition? I've not, but I've heard other people talk about it, and it's fascinating. And it's it's kind of another fascinating alternate history sure. where John Krasinski is Captain America. So, yes, it was pretty common knowledge uh, for a while now, that but John he, Krasinski was their first choice, oddly, until Chris Evans. I mean, he is pretty, pretty eyes. white bread American look. He is. So I would sadly, he was he was Jim, whatever his the last office. name was, and at the time, and it was maybe a year after that, and he just wasn't wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Um, and also, even now, even after thirteen hours, he's no Chris Evans. You know, we've no. we've got our Steve Rogers. Yeah. That being said, he recently went on Conan O'Brien's show, whatever show Conan's hosting now. It's called Conan. Is it? Yeah. It's so hard to remember, though. I know. But he uh, he went in there and talked a little bit about his his audition, and he said that he he was like, "All right, yeah, I'd love to try this. This sounds great. It's like it's a great opportunity." And he's like, "They got me in the in the suit, and I'm like putting it on, and everything fits really tightly, and I'm, I'm I look pretty good." And he's like, I'm, "I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. I look great. I can do this. Yeah." Right. And he said, then Chris Hemsworth walked through the door and said, "Hey, mate," and he was like, "This is stupid. I'm not doing this." Yeah. <laughs> it's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I can't. I can kind of see the appeal for John Krasinski from the neck up of of him as Captain America and personality wise yeah, he's very friendly and open like I said he's yeah. a very American white bread mm-hmm. type of type of character yeah. from the neck down like even if you buffed him up that we see that we've seen people do people like Michael B Jordan for Creed and things like that even Chris Evans and Chris up Evans quite a bit. but that's what I was going to say he was already say. pretty big Chris Evans even from Fantastic 4 mm-hmm. Was still he wasn't as jacked as he has, as he is as yeah. Steve Rogers, yeah. but he was pretty fit. Well, and like not another teen movie, I think. He yeah, was in, and he yeah, yeah. he's he's pretty jacked in that, but he's very cut in that. And then I think, and then he just put more muscle. on. I think at some point he decided I'm going to be a superhero. Yeah, and he didn't mean he was going to play one. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> going to be. I saw an article about that once, and I I have think that it's true that Marvel. That I think Phase Eight of the Marvel movies is they stop making movies and they just reveal that they're all real superheroes. Robert sure. Downey Jr. just now is Iron Man. 
and Chris Evans actually is Captain America, and we're just going to unleash them on the public. And I think that'll be fine. Pretty good. My my last quick one. Okay. Did you see Thor's the video they released at Comic Con? Again, Thor? I have not the the one where it was what was he doing during yeah. Civil War? I again, I've not seen it. I've heard about it. Everyone should look it up right now. Okay. If you're listening to this, stop listening to it. You can pick it up later and just find that video because it's yeah. Let me be. Let, let's funny. let's emphasize and be clear. Stop this. Watch the video. But then continue listening to you this. You can. I mean, I think we already get the we get the hit. Like we get the. It says you've watched it. I think. If you yeah. Okay. Morning. That's fine. Then that's yeah. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um. So last week we talked about. Uh, I think we talked about this. Riri Williams, the new Iron uh, Man. I don't. We talked about it in the the pilot that never went out. Okay. We, okay. We, I don't think we discussed. Riri so Williams. Marvel, for those of you who don't already know, Marvel is bringing in a new Iron Man that is not Tony Stark. It is Riri Williams, who is a 15-year-old black girl from MIT. Um, as part of this new campaign, they're replacing, I think, all of their old characters. They're keeping all of the heroes, but they're replacing the alter egos for all of them. So there's a new Thor, there's a new Hulk, and now there's a new Iron Man. So that was revealed not too long ago. They months. also officially announced this week that her codename, she's not going to go by Iron Man. She's going to go by Iron Heart. Which I think is pretty cool. Which is really cool. Until you realize that Iron Heart is already used for something. Iron Heart is also the name of a 2014 Japanese Iron Man porn parody. Yay! Yeah! Um, Yay. yes, this is a real Yay. thing. Um, Yay. It, yeah, Ironheart is the name of a Japanese porn par- parody that was made in 2004. Look, before we continue, can I just say, this is what was cycling through my head after you, you took a minute to say what Ironheart was. Yeah. All that was cycling through my head was, please don't be a ship that slaves came on. Okay, which is worse? The ship that slaves came on. Yeah, if you would say, if, if her name was the Amistad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd have been really upset. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that. Um, so, really, just your thoughts on? Do, okay, question: Do they? How, mm, how? Where do you go from here? I'd say keep it, man. Look, first of all, I'm a great fan of Iron Man. I do. I really thought you were going to say I'm a great fan of Japanese porn. <laughs> I could be, but for the purposes of pleading the fifth. You're a great fan. Of I Iron absolutely Man. am. <laughs> but I, I no. I mean, I think. Look, what I was gonna say is, I, I'm on the internet a lot. I go on 4chan occasionally. I've never heard of this thing, so it it seems like it is well, one. Well, you are missing out. I clearly am. But my point is that probably the people who are gonna see these movies, this is probably the most exposure, no pun intended, that this <laughs> mo- this movie has gotten. <laughs> For you know what I, mean? yeah, I, I think there are yeah, probably yeah. more people who know about this because it's spreading through the news now right. than knew about it beforehand. Do you think somebody at Marvel knew about this and and probably brought it up and they were like, uh, now that you say it, I think someone probably had a list of ten things and they were like, man, these are all really good ideas. Yeah. I'm gonna get a promotion today, yeah. and they went through all of them, and then you know the person was like, uh, all right, my number one is Iron Fist, and they're like, it's taken, and they're like, oh crap, and they're like, number two, Iron. Man, and they're like, nope, still taken. That's who we're trying to replace. Ah, and they go through the list, and they yeah. go all the way down to ten, and they say their last one, Iron Monger, and they're like, no, that's Obadiah Stane. We've already got that one, and they're like, ah, crap. And then they're like, what? You don't have anything else? And they look down at their list, and they're like, ah, uh, 
and they have a flashback. <laughs> and they wake up, uh-huh. and they look directly into the eyes of the person asking. And they say, Iron Heart on. Heart! Iron Heart! That's, <laughs> that that's was a long setup for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know where it was going until wow. just then. That was, that was impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I, th- I find it ironic uh, and, and kind of interesting that it's not... It's not just the name of some random Japanese porn, that it is, it is indeed um, an Iron Man porn parody. I mean, that's the... Uh, no! Yeah, you can see the, that's the poster for it right no, there. Oh, it certainly it's is. It's very much, uh, clearly, Iron Man. That's some good Photoshop work, that, putting her face on that metal cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it's really... It's really look. Clear. Here's here's what I think you do. This is this is how you fix this problem. Okay. You is keep, it a problem though? You just give Japanese porn the rights to Riri Williams. Oh no. yeah. So here's problem how you, solved. Here's how you fix this problem. You just mention it in the comics. Like at some point, ooh, she she's like, I'm Ironheart, and maybe three issues down the road, someone's like, Oh my God, you're Ironheart. By the way, you know that's a, and she goes, I know. Ten people have told me already. Thank you for your concern, or whatever, and like flies off. I think it'd be great if she's uh, there's a just a small snippet where she like she does her first heroic thing as Ironheart, and she's like she googles herself, and she's oh, like, no. and she's like, what is this? <laughs> and then just flashes to the next. Scene. See, I was gonna say it might be interesting to have someone um, confused, like uh, who are you? Uh, oh, I'm Ironheart. The porn? What? No, yeah. I'm the superhero. Oh, she Iron says, Man? She just says Ironheart and just college kids start sniggering. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I even think just a confusion, right. like lost in translation of right, like, right, right, oh, right. you mean Iron Man? And she's like, no, no, Ironheart. And they're like, no, that's a porn. What? Who are you? That's. I like that. Thank I like you. that. Um, there's something else I wanted to, speaking of uh, looking at, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, I'm going, to, going on to Luke Cage. Luke oh. Cage is coming up. Um, Speaking of black Marvel characters. There you go. That, that's what it was. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So they they released another clip of Luke Cage. Luke Cage gets dropped September 30th. So we're almost exactly one month away. They dropped this clip of him fighting a bunch of gangsters. And they're all shooting him. And he's, and he, you know, they all go to jump on him and he's fighting him. And then he has this, he has a good line. It's, it's something like, I'm really sick of replacing all my clothes. Well, yeah, it's, it's that they shoot him a bunch. Yeah, they shoot him and he bounces This is an older one. It is an older, well, listen, it was new to me. Well, I was going to say, they've got a new trailer since that one. That's longer. But my question was, I watched that clip this week and my question was, I'm really looking forward to Luke Cage. I think it's going to be great. How many episodes do we get in when the whole, oh, I'm so tired of people trying to beat me up because I'm invincible bit gets old? Yeah, that's a concern I have. But that's a concern I've always had about Superman, too. And the movies haven't really been able to, to counter that. But, right, but, but, his, he... but his tone of voice, like all of the tone that I've seen this actor portray, even in Jessica Jones. Really? In those, it was, and the first time, like in that great bar scene in Jessica Jones, it was really funny. His kind of annoyance at people trying to beat him up and break bottles over his head and they can't, and he can just easily just walk around and punch people and there's no, there's no match for him. Right. And that was cool. And then I saw this clip and at first I was like, oh, this looks really great. And then I realized that's the exact same tone that they had in every scene with him and Jessica Jones. And I was like, we're going to get 13 episodes of this. How many episodes in are we going to go, all right, what, like, just let's move on from this bit. I, all right, couple things. Okay. One, 
I think we have to have a lot of trust in Marvel, especially oh, the TV series. Yeah. So I, I trust that they have a way right. that they're going to keep that from happening. Because I'm sure they know those problems. Because they've also been... I mean, the movies... We have sort of invincible people. Thor, for all intents and purposes, is basically invincible. The Hulk, for all intents and purposes, is basically invincible. Right. Um, and they do a good job of making them interesting. And granted, in Thor 1, they had to take away his powers to do it, but not notwithstanding. <laughs> sure. They, they, they do that pretty well. And I think even in Jessica Jones, near the end of the season, the series, mm-hmm. season. Season if you're American, series if you're British. Go on. There are ways that you can either circumvent his powers right. or get rid of them altogether. Sure. I predict at some point either either he will have a moment of I don't want these powers anymore and someone will offer him an, a way out or <clears throat> someone will find a way to get rid of his powers temporarily or otherwise or okay. circumventing we saw the purple man control his mind. Right. That's a great tool to use. That yeah. You have this unstoppable thing. What happens when you point him in the wrong direction? Right. So may, what if there's another person who has this power or another power that can manipulate and use his yeah. powers to their advantage. Yeah, because they haven't, they haven't, to my knowledge, they have not announced who the actual villain is. No, I have no clue. And I, I mean, I'm, you're more knowledgeable about Marvel than I am. Yeah. Does he have some sort of a rogues gallery? Does he have a notable oh, probably. foe? Honestly, I, I don't know much about Luke Cage. Um, and that's why you're a racist. I know. I sure am. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that's really what I'm curious about because I, and I guess this is partially because they have not announced a villain of any sort. Right. I'm wondering, you know, this, the streets and the gritty heroes that Marvel is doing on Netflix is great and all, but this is the first time that they've had one. No, it's not because Jessica Jones had a superpower. I'm a moron. What I was going to say is it gets more and more difficult to do these things with people with superpowers. I, Daredevil has a superpower too. Yeah, but does he though? Yes. Mm, yes. It's a, it's superpower esque, but he has a superpower. The the ooze, the toxic waste that went into his eyes, gave him hyper hearing and and made him a ninja turtle. Do you know that? What? I didn't know if you were making a joke or if you actually knew this story. The Ninja Turtles were created as a spinoff of Daredevil. Did you know that? What? Yeah. They're not made by the same people, the no. same company. So that's why they're not allowed to say anything. But the idea is that a, t- a, tr- a tanker full of toxic waste spun out of control, hits a small child, and then uh-huh. the what's left of the waste, it blinds him, and what's left of it goes down into the sewers. Is that, yes, like, it's touched on in, in, in issue one of, in any way, like, not a direct... And that's how Daredevil was born, and this is what happened to the rest of it. But is there an, um, kind of a nod to that in in the comics? Yeah. In that the they talk TMNT, about, you mean? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That a boy was blinded. Yes. It's in really? the very beginning. It's You see it. I mean, you see it happen. It's not like, this is the story yeah, about yeah, whatever. Yeah. But you see like this truck go out of out of control, and there's like an old man in the road, and the small kid pushes him out of the way, and the truck like flips over, and the toxic waste gets on the kid, and he's blinded by it. And they have said that this is a spin... It's an un... It's a... It's an unofficial... Spin-off of Daredevil. Really? Yeah. That if they could, it would be in the same universe. That's fascinating. Also, how amazing would that be? Right? Well, and I think... Ninja Turtles and Batman either I was going to say they just yeah. recently finished a run with Batman and, and TMNT yeah. which actually was really good I'm sure yeah honestly I'd but, be worried if they teamed up with Daredevil because it would kind of be like well there's another turtle like it's another ninja you know it's kind of but I mean come on don't you kind of want to see TMNT fight the hand I'd rather see Daredevil fight the Foot Clan ooh <laughs> 
Daredevil and Shredder going at it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. pretty. But he sweet. he has superpowers like the the toxic waste that gets in his well, eyes. He's heightened senses, right? But they're extremely heightened. Yeah, but I mean, he's he also can, blind, so he can you take away one. No, no, no. Not that's not really how it works. Like your senses get a little better, but not in no. The same I way. yes, I know, and I know that because there are blind people who aren't Daredevil in the real world. Yes. I understand that. But what I'm saying is like they're not. All right, yeah, I guess they're. Yeah, I mean, I. Coming from someone who has read Daredevil comics, I, I know that I, I remember. What do you think you're better than me? Yes, you read Dear right. Dear Devil. Yes, Dear Devil, the, the deer who was blinded and became a ninja. I'd read that. Probably would too. But anyway, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil has all of his senses, other than his sight, which is gone, are completely heightened to a maximum level where he can feel vibrations and tell where people are walking. Yeah, I know how Daredevil like works. All right, you don't have to explain it to me like I'm a child. Actually, I'm glad you explained it to me like I'm a child. Anyway, um, uh, what were we talking? This about? was uh, oh, we were talking about Luke oh, Cage. So oh yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. Do you think yeah. this bit will get old? No, I, I think they'll find ways around it okay. because because all three of these people so far, and even Iron Fist coming up, they all have superpowers in right. some way. Um, so Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. The the Brie Larson. Uh, Stitch. Led. I don't. I, I don't know. Brie Larson. Brie Larson led superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um. They just released the shortlist for the directors. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, three ladies, which is also already a good start. Yeah. Uh, we have Nikki Caro, Leslie Link. I'm going to say this wrong. Leslie Linka Gladder and Lorraine. Sc- uh, I can't read my own handwriting. Scafaria. 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 Smith. Um, <laughs> they're all Smith. They're all Smith. Um, all good choices. Now I looked up. These. I don't know any of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of give you some of their credits, and we'll kind of predict which one you you think would be the best fit. Um, so uh, Nikki Caro, Nikki Caro, New Zealand born. Okay, so she comes from the land of the P. Jackson. Did she do um, uh, the new one that's coming out about the kid who's running in the woods, the wilderness, um, the the. I'll know it if I hear the name. Pete's Dragon. No. Oh, I am out of movies. I'm gonna find it. You don't. Do you not have a list of anything these people have done? I have. I well, this. So sh- there weren't many for her. North Country, which is a movie with Charlize Theron, oh. and McFarlane USA, which was a track running movie that just came out and went away very quickly, starring Kevin Costner. Oh. Um, she seems to be, from all of her stuff, she seems to have done kind of these human interest type of movies. That's, that's mostly her credentials. Did she do Whale Rider? Yeah, she did yes. Whale Rider. Yeah, she did Whale deal. Rider. Okay, so that's one. The next one, Leslie Linka Gladder. She has done pretty much all television. But, these are her TV credentials. These are some pretty good, good credits. Um, she's worked on Mad Men. She's worked on Ray Donovan. She's worked on The Walking Dead. Sure. She's worked on The West Wing. She's worked on The Leftovers. She's worked on ER. She's worked on Gilmore Girls. These are uh, all really... She's She has a wide range of TV credits kind of spanning all different genres and types and things like that. Uh, the next one, the last one is Lorraine Scafaria. She is the writer, she's also one that doesn't have many credits to her name, but she's the writer of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, okay. And she is the writer and director of 
Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have no idea. What that Seeking a Friend for the End of the World is a movie about Steve Carell and mm, not Natalie Portman, the other one. Kira Knightley. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the plot of this movie is actually great. And I, I saw this once and I, I really liked it. It's a really sweet movie. The idea is that word comes down, you found it, didn't you? I did, but I am wrong. Okay. I got, I got it mixed up with another Marvel director. The director who's directing Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay, okay. And now my phone's frozen, but they, he directed this um, New Zealand Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt What's for the, the name Wilder of it? People. Um, so Looks very good. Everyone Seeking a Friend for the End of the World is, is uh, it's a road movie where um, Steve Carell, they, they find out that a, a comet is going to, or a meteor is going to hit the earth. I remember seeing and killing everyone on it. Yeah. Um, that this is officially the end of the world. And it opens up on Steve Carell and sitting in the, sitting in the car, listening to the radio, telling them that it's official, that there is no hope, that the, the, the mission has failed to blow up the thing. And his <laughs> wife immediately gets out and runs away and leaves him. Oh, wow. And so, uh, he goes through a series of events. I think his mail was taken by Kira Knightley, who is his neighbor, and he finds out like these letters from his from his old love were like at her apartment or something. So sure. he goes on a quest to find her, and Kira Knightley, through a series of events, ends up joining her, and they get to know each other. It's a very sweet movie. The other thing that she has going for her is that she's directed a couple of episodes. Hang on a sec. Because it just occurred to me that if this music can be heard when we put it on YouTube, we can... Shut up! What a bunch of a-holes. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm going to keep going with this. You keep... Oh, God. This is taking... For those of you who can't see, which is everyone, this is taking a lot of effort on Andrew's part to just close a window. These windows don't close. Usually. All right, let's do it. All right, that was. We could have stopped recording that, but eh, fuck why? It. Yeah. Um, she's also directed a, a bunch of episodes of The New Girl, which oh. I like because yeah, I it kind of gives a, a Russo brothers esque kind of connection. They didn't direct The New Girl, but they have, you know, they came from Community. So there's sure. a nice... It's, it's a similar yeah, yeah, yeah. style. So those are, those are the three candidates. <clears throat> of those, what are your feelings? Who do you, who do you like? Uh, get the person who's doing Thor Ragnarok, because they did Hunt for the Wilder People. God, I hate you sometimes. Uh, let me see. I like... Of the things that you said, uh-huh. I know The New Girl. Okay. <laughs> you don't know anything. Okay. So you're going to go with Scafaria? Yeah. Is right. that the one who did the new girl? That's the one who did the new yeah, girl. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well for the Russo brothers. Yeah. Who who would have known also, like, these idiots making dick and fart jokes with Joe McHale were going to make the two best Marvel movies. That's what I, That was my feeling yeah. as well. Yeah. I, the other thing is that she's... she uh, At first when I read this, I know... I'm a big... Um, Aaron Sorkin fan, so I know Leslie Linka Gladder pretty well from her time on The West Wing, and she directed a couple episodes of, of the Newsroom as well. So I knew she's a she could handle she could handle something with a little bit of weight to it. Yeah. Um, but I think my first choice would definitely be Scafaria. Um, I think that she would bring a nice 
first of all, she can tackle the humor yeah. that that you kind of which come is really to look needed. for in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's really necessary. But also, I think it, right. it brings she could bring a nice sensitivity or or, or an interesting tone to to Mar- to Captain Marvel. Man, I just want to see her fucking shit up. I just want to see Captain Marvel just like. Yeah. Wrecking shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching Brie Larson just punch things. There's a great... It's going to be very interesting. I don't remember what arc it is, but there's a great uh, a great issue of Captain Marvel. I think it's where she first gets her powers, and she's sort of, sort of trying stuff out. Right. And she, like, dives into the ocean. Right. And she just flies down as far as she can. And there's this enormous shark, and she just punches the shit out of the shark and flies back. So you just want to see Brie I just Larson see punch her. a shark. Yes. I want to see her just fucking shit up. I'm excited for With that. With sharks or just anything in any, general? What else can she punch? Anything she wants. Really? Me, okay. you, well, yeah. you, you, said, you, your face, you said your chest. You know, you said me like your three head. Times. Gouge out your eyes. I really want to see the girl from <laughs> Room just wreck shit. Just That's wreck what I'm it. saying. Would okay? How would you like to see Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? fly into the tiny tool shed that was room and just crush it. I would literally start weeping. That'd be amazing, right? It'd be great. Yeah. I also want to see... I'd like to see her... I, I, I agree. I'd like to see her punch a shark. Maybe maybe Edgar Wright can do the sequel. Maybe a good tree. Because I think she could punch a good tree. She was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She was. was the first time I ever saw her. Oh! Or anything. The other Russo connection. She was in Community. Yes, she was. Oh, I knew. Oh, that was good. Thank God I remembered Did that. Did we talk about Dan Harmon being on Doctor Strange? Well, you, yeah, that was my next thing I was going to talk about. So let's just move on to say, whatever. I was going to say, that sounds like a good Let's segue. just make it about you, Andrew. Let's move on to whatever you want to talk about. Do you think I'm Dan Harmon? You kind of look like Dan Harmon. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good point. So let's get into that. So Dan Harmon, I. I okay. The other thing is I have two Doctor Strange things. Di- Dan Harmon, apparently writing reshoots for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, instantly everyone goes. Russo brothers did Captain America. Dan Harmon doing Doctor Strange. That's like. Oh, you got your peanut butter and my chocolate. You got your chocolate and my peanut butter. Two ta- great tastes that taste great together. But, is it? Yes. Do you think so? Yeah. I read this and initially I was like, that sounds great. And then I was thinking about Doctor Strange and Dan Harmon. And I feel like those are two things that couldn't be farther apart from each other. Like, if you were to put Dan Harmon rewrites or um, writing reshoots on The Avengers or Iron Man with given RDJ some Harmon-esque humor i'd be like yes all for that he's gonna crush that benedict cumberbatch delivering lines from rick and morty i don't know here's here's the thing okay i am nearly certain that he wrote the wi-fi joke at the end of the last year yeah i was thinking that too here's what i think happened okay i think they got a guy who does horror to direct their their marvel movie which by the way doctor strange is not very different from iron man his storylines are very very similar no they're very similar no no but hear me out so they're they're very similar in the comics their their storylines tend to be the same they react to things generally the same way they always have a quip they even have uh there's a there's a great issue where they one of them, like, I think, um, I almost called him RDJ, um, Tony Stark fist bumps. Same Keeps thing. trying to get Strange to fist bump him and refer to the two of them as facial hair bros or yeah. beard, beard bros yeah. or something. 
Um, so depending on what you do with it, there is always that potential, especially it being the first one. You don't have to make it the same feeling as the last one. You don't True. have to make him do the... There isn't a prerequisite that you have to follow. True. So you can make this however however you like. But my, my gut feeling is that they hired a guy who does horror movies to make this movie. Okay. And they watched it and they were like, well, this is a great film. It's totally morose. So we have to put some humor into this. I see. Hey, Russo's, you did a great job with, you know, those two movies. Right. Um, well, whatever they were called. Yeah. The, well, the two Captain America movies. What should yeah. we do? And they were like, they were like, well, we've got this guy who's really funny who we worked on Community with. He's been doing Rick and Morty. <laughs> I like how you said this guy that we worked with. with yeah. Like he's some no-name jackass. Yeah. You know, he's doing Rick and Morty now. He's He'll, he'll put some funny in there. Right. So that's my assumption. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be fine. I, I, there, like I said, when I first read it, I was like, "Great," and then I thought about it, and I was like, "Hmm." Have you seen hmm. anything else Dan Harmon has done other than Community? Um, no. He's a great show on. Um, I think it's on the History Channel uh-huh. or something. Similar. Yeah, he does have a History Channel show. Yeah, he? where he um, he brings people from the past into the present. There's a great one where oh, he really? uh, he brings William Shakespeare, oh. and uh, he has a great discussion with Shakespeare, and he's like, you know, I, I've I've written some some things. If you, I have a great show called Community. If you'd like to read some of the scripts, and William Shakespeare's like, I'd love to read some of this, you know, modern age writing, and he reads it, and he's like, oh, it's fine, it's it's fine, it's good. No, it's good. It's it's very good, Dan. It's great. And he's like, you didn't like it. And he's like, no, no, it's. It's you. You worked very hard, and it shows. And then later, they're like, "Well, let's go see a movie." I guess he's like, "Yes, let's see one of these movies." And they're like deciding which movie to see. Right. And he picks Bad Grandpa, the Johnny Knoxville one. <laughs> and and Dan Harmon's like, "No, no, you don't want to see this." And he's like, "I would very much like to see this movie." And they go in and they come back out when the movie's over. And he's like, "What a delightful romp!" <laughs> it's really that's really amazing. Yeah. Um. There, uh, there's a documentary about Dan Harmon. Have you? No, yeah, I didn't know there's that. a documentary about Dan Harmon. Uh, I think it's, I think it was made during the time he was not on Community. This was like right after he was fired from Community. Oh God, and that whole thing. He went on like a. Because he went that. on like a comedy tour, basically. Jeez. Um, and and they documented it, and I've seen the trailer for it. and It looks amazing, but it also looks like a man. Who is just batshit insane, <laughs> like just spiraling yeah. down and Out circling the drain. Yeah, sure. like I fully expected Dan Harmon to be dead by the end of the movie, or at least snap. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Still on Doctor Strange, though, something else came out. We have a possible connection to Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a there's a what Kevin Smith refers to as a toiler that we uh, toiler is a spoiler. Through the toys that are marketed oh, with the movie, sure. Um, and it would, no, we saw something like this happen with Captain America: Civil War, where Giant Man toys were oh, being shown, and that's how sure. it was revealed. So last week we talked about the the production art of the Guardians of the Galaxy fighting a large tentacled monster, and then a Lego set, a picture of a Lego set for Doctor Strange came out fighting what is being referred to as a portal monster. And uh, I'm just going to show you this picture here, and that's what it looks like. Well, it looks pretty similar. Yeah. So that's the Guardians of the Galaxy art. Yeah. And that's the Lego well, monster. Well, you know, um, I forget who. Maybe Feige or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, no. It was uh, James Gunn. James Gunn. I yeah. was just going to say, James Gunn also said that, that uh, the monster there 
fighting in this production picture. It's something that they were hired to go and right. fight for whatever reason. So the idea is that possibly this move, this monster shows up in Doctor Strange, and then throughout through some series in the film gets portal to wherever well did you did you read the part that james gunn referred to the monster how he referred to it i would if i could read but i just look at pictures that's and make predictions i know it's hard but he referred to it as a multi-dimensional being yes yes he did oh you did read that i I've caught you in a web of lies <sighs> i look at certain letters not the vowels just the consonants what are you russian yes I've been exposed. Speaking of Russians, how about the movie Guardians? Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> the movie Guardians. The, okay, so you'd think when you saw on YouTube a thing that said Guardians trailer, yeah, you'd be getting really what excited. you really wanted to be. Yeah, well, I got really excited, and then I clicked on it, and I realized it wasn't what I thought, and I got less excited, and then I watched the trailer, and I got really excited. Well, again. here's the other thing too. Do you know what the the I forget what the word actually is, but the Russian word that this is named in Russia. Do you know what it literally translates to? No. The defenders. So either way, either way, you're <laughs> yeah. not getting what you think it's like. Yeah. Um, we watched this not together because we I, the restraining order says we can only be within 100 yards of each other. Um, we're just sitting at a very long table right now. Um, but we did watch it. What were your? What did you think of this? When I heard it was from Russia, okay. When I read it was from Russia, uh huh. I immediately thought, thought it was going to hack your email. <laughs> no, I, I immediately thought it was. Uh, I, I was expecting low budget, low quality, right? And what we got was extremely high budget 2004 CGI. Yeah, I which mean, is pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it is really good. And I, I will say, I was watching this, and I remember thinking like. I'm fascinated by every character that is in That's this. That's what I was going to say. Every character in this is completely original, sort of, more For the or less. most part. I um, mean, every superhero... Has been done. Has been done yeah, in exactly. the world anyway, so you're never not going to have a repeat of something. But for the most part, I did. I watched this group of characters, which I have... What? It's a, I think it is a better trailer than we usually get in America, because I have no idea what the plot of this movie is. In a good way. I see a lot of cool action. I see a lot of cool sequences. I see a lot of interesting characters. I don't really know how they all fit together. Well, there's there's a character in this. Right. Who is a bear. Yes. Right, that is a very large bear yep. with the mind of a man, and he wields a minigun. Um, I'm, this is literally... I wrote two notes about this. This is the first note that I wrote, and one of the only ones... Bear with a minigun, how can you go wrong? Sure. How can you go wrong? Right. You have a half man, half bear, mowing things down with a minigun. Are they people he's mowing down? Are they helicopters? My... I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> that better at least be a half hour sequence in the movie. You can break it up. 15 minutes of minigun here. Maybe that's bullshit, 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 bullshit. 15 more minutes of minigun with a bear. I don't care. And then you turn it around. Do bear dodging a minigun. Really, I want to see a bear dodge a minigun. I want to see a bear minigun Bullets movie. from a minigun? Or just someone hurls a minigun at him? Uh, but I want to see you... I want to see the bear fire the minigun. Then it runs out of ammo and he gives up on the minigun. Like, he bangs on it a little bit and he, he acts confused because he's a bear. And then he gives up on the minigun and then... Somewhere throughout the battle, the enemy picks up the minigun and reloads it and then fires it 
at the bear, and he has to dodge the bullets. And then when those bullets run out, all right, I'm going to stop you right here. Throw the minigun. Let me stop you here before you embarrass yourself. Now you know. <laughs> I mean, we we passed again. that before you embarrass yourself again. You know, three episodes ago, and I say that knowing we've only actually done two episodes. So you know, it's a person who turns into a bear, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a half a bear and a half a man. Well, it's a it's a human, full yeah. human, yeah, who yeah, turns yeah. into a bear. Yeah, who can turn into a bear. So that's this, how all bears are made, though, right? The stork brings them. So here's the point I okay. was going to make. Do you know who Ursa Major is in the Marvel universe? No. Ursa Major, okay, is a bear with the brain of a man, okay, who works for the USSR Avengers, or or they're commonly known as the Winter Guard. Okay. He's a Russian bear man superhero. Yeah. So that was when we were talking about how, you know, all superheroes have been done at some point. Ursa oh, Major sure. is, is an existing Avengers man. Right, right. Um, I mean, it, uh, listen, I could I could watch this trailer and look at all of the heroes slash villains, all of the, the metahumans in this yeah. and go, this is this person. Whiplash is clearly in there at some point. There's somebody with a electronic whip of some kind maybe you know I, mean, I mean that's pretty interesting well one of the things I keep seeing too is that there are a few people with more than one power mm-hmm. which is interesting the guy with the swords also has super speed it looks like he might also be able to control earth I don't know it, 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 all I can gather from this is this is a cool it, it's kind of I think it actually veins more I, let me back that up and try that one more time without having a stroke um, I think people are going to read the title and go, oh, this is close to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like a Russian Guardian. And it's not. To me, it actually looks more like a Russian Justice League. Because okay. it looks like a, let's put a, let's get the team together. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know how much it costs this movie <clears throat> to be made? No. 330 million rubles. Do you know how much that is in the American dollar? Twelve dollars and seventy six cents. Pretty close. Yeah. Five mil. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Right. Do you think this? Because um, the internet is kind of all about this trailer. Yeah. Do you think this movie has crossover potential? To what? To do you think that it's possible this movie will play in America? Sure. Yes. Yeah, certainly, it'll play in. Small houses in indie theaters. But I don't think it's going to... Here's the thing. By the time it's ready, yeah. this will go away. People will have forgotten it. I, you know, I think people are really excited about it. I think there's a handful of people like you and me right. who will be like, Oh yeah, that thing. It's supposed to come out now. You know, we want it over here. But I think right. the majority of people will be like, Oh yeah, whatever. When's the new Avengers movie? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think there's a lot of money there for them. Which, you know means they probably won't do it. Right. What was the, the last thing you had? So actually, I thought of another quick thing. Okay. Um, the Walking Dead. Okay. They originally took it to, I think, I think they said CBS, but that might be because you were talking yes, about CBS. Yes, they did take it to CBS. Do you know about this? Uh, I, they, all I know is that they once took it to CBS. So CBS said, this pilot you got here is pretty good. Right. And they gave two suggestions okay that they would take it if they took these two suggestions okay are you ready yes one no zombies okay two a detective duo added in all right all this does for me is make me really question Star Trek. (laughs) 
Yeah. How many... <laughs> C- okay, CBS, I know you're listening. Just perk up a second, all right? Focus in. Turn, on, many... turn on your man bang. Turn... Just how many NCISs do we need? How many do we need? You got Scott Bakula. Stop trying. And the article I what read... What else is necessary? The article I was reading about this said... Uh... That they were planning on... He said, what were they planning on... It was Geek Tyrant, by the way, which I love. And they said, what, what were you planning on turning this show into? Law and Order... Jesus Christ, Andrew. SZU? You really had to think that one out, didn't I'm gonna, you? I'm going to cut out that long pause. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. You're going to cut out the long pause, but you're going to leave the rest of the joke in there? I'm going to put it in between something that makes it sound like you were trying really hard to find something. I'm never going to tell you when these release. I'm just going to make you look like an idiot and me look genius. First of all, the first part takes no editing on your part. Secondly, sure. the second part... It's impossible by the works of less man. editing on your part. Um, <laughs> oh, so the the longer okay, yeah. you, have, you have something else to add. Now, the the longer I, thing I wanted. To I discuss, mean, even if I did, after I hear what this news, I, I, I actually don't know if you know if you know much about this subject. Right. No man's sky. No. Cool. No man's sky is a video game. That had a lot of hype. Okay. And part of that was on the part of the fans. I've read a lot of articles about this, about how they didn't, the, the company didn't promise much, but the fans sort of collectively, in, in this vast vat of what could we do with this, okay. went sort of crazy and the expectations got very high. And now that it's been released, a lot of expectations have been lowered. It's a, it's, <laughs> so it's bad? A lot of expectations have been lowered. So this video game, okay, this is a intergalactic universal discovery video game. So you, it takes place obviously very, very far in the future. You have a ship. Sure. You are looking. It's it's an MMORPG, which means you're playing online right, with right, right, everyone right, right. else who's playing the game at the same time is also online. You're all in the same right, world. Right. You can see each other. Before right. the game was released, they said the odds of of two people <laughs> encountering each other in the first week are about ten million to one. And in an hour and a half. It actually was very, very quick. Okay. But they, they couldn't quite figure out how it happened. There are reportedly 14 quintillion planets. All different? Yes. Um, and you discover plant life. You discover animal life. What, where, 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 where do you find this? Where the game? Is this? Yeah. It's a where, video game. You buy no, it. I know. But is it... Is it uh, DLC or is it like? No, uh, I, I mean, I think you can download it. I, I think PS4 has. Okay, it. that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. What system is it on? Yeah, I think PS4. Okay. Um, it's probably on PC as well. Right. But it's it sounds outrageously interesting. Hmm. But yeah, people have. I think people built it up in their heads really, really highly. I, I didn't really pay any attention to it when it was coming out. Right. Um, in fact, John Green is actually there's a channel called Hank Games. I think Hank sure. Games on YouTube. All right, let's go um, with that. And uh, John Green has been doing a couple of episodes on there where he, for like 30 minutes, plays this game and has an existential crisis while playing it, where he starts on a planet because the idea is right. that you start off on a random planet in right. this universe. Yeah. And many people have determined that the goal of this is to go to the center of the universe. No one knows what's there because no one has gotten there yet because it's going to take so long. Right. Does it is 
is that in fact the goal of this? No one knows. That, so no they one, just sort of they released, just released this game and they don't tell you what to do. There's a sandbox game that they've released. The sandbox game. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. It's just it's just Usually sandbox games have a pretty like there are different arcs you can do or stories. It's like, like GTA. GTA is a sandbox game. Uh, it's it's probably it's it's the predecessor to the sandbox game. Right, but it's that it's that open world idea yeah. of like you can kind of roam wherever you yeah, are and find sure. your own story. But lines. but okay. yeah, but but Grand Theft Auto has always had one storyline. You can kind of stop and beat people up and maybe there's a thing you can do over here and a thing yeah, you can do yeah, over here. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. but yeah, but say for example Skyrim is the first sandbox okay. game that I played, The Elder Scrolls 5, where um you can literally just do anything. There are arcs over here that you can take. You can become a villain. You can sure. become a good guy. Sure. You set your own path step by step. Right. So this is what appears to be just a sandbox just, game. Yeah. But we don't know. Uh, maybe there are people to talk to. There are people you can sort of encounter. Uh-huh. Um, non-playable characters. Okay. Who are... Um, who sell you things or trade you things. You can sell things to them. Right. Uh, but the, the main idea... John Green on the channel starts off on this planet and he's in a suit and he has to find a way to repair his ship using the items on this planet mm-hmm. and he also has to constantly be eating and repairing his suit and refilling it with oxygen the character in the game not the actual man correct okay he's not a bubble boy i mean he presumably has to eat but other than that does he youtube that maybe all right cool but it's him playing this game and trying to make sure he doesn't die of radiation poisoning because if you don't repair your suit the sun gets you it's got a thermometer on it it's 77 degrees celsius this sounds like they made a video game out of the martian it could be um it's very similar but it's it's fascinating it sounds really interesting it might be worth checking out when does it is it out already yeah when did it just when did it come out uh maybe a month or two ago all right so do your own research whoever listens to this i don't want to respond oh but the other thing i was going to say is that um steam if you're familiar with Steam, uh, a little bit. It's a it's a downloading yeah, you yeah, can yeah. play on your computer yeah, and yeah. Um, and the PS4. There are reports that they have still been offering full refunds for this game because people are disappointed. So with that in mind, feel free to try it. I guess right, but know that they've also not been granting refunds to people. They don't usually okay. either of those. But that's, read into all right, it. that's cool. That's something to put on the radar. Oh, before we move on. Um, Deathstroke. We got to talk about Deathstroke because that dropped today. Um, I'm going to say it's a media lunch break exclusive. It's not. But we'll say. But I'm going to say that it is. And if you don't like it, I don't care. So Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, Affleck, whatever you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Batfleck released on Twitter. I think it was Twitter. He tweeted out a a 27 second video no comment no caption no anything all it was was a 27 second video of a man in a clearly deathstroke costume yeah clearly clearly deathstroke not only that an awesome deathstroke costume cgi looks a little wonky but if this is the beginning of say the batman movie or something well that's the thing is that some people are saying that it's that it is something from his batman movie Mm -hmm. um Chances are, though, it's probably from Justice League. Yeah. Because they're shooting in London right now. Yeah, and that's true. To my knowledge, they don't even have a Batman script in the hole yet. T- to be fair, I mean, uh, I I don't know what your opinion of this is, but my my opinion is I think it's probably more likely to be Batman. And the reason I say that is when I when I watched it more closely, it doesn't appear to me to be mm-hmm. a person in a suit. 
It looks to me to be a, a CGI screen test. Oh, to me it looks like a person really? in a suit. Yeah, I think it's I think it looks too good. I mean, you know as well that Robert Downey Jr. has not put on an Iron Man suit since Iron Man One. No, but if you watch the if you watch the video, it's clearly shot on a monitor, not uh, the video itself is filming a director's monitor. Right. And, but then it pulls back, and they're in an actual studio with like green. Yeah. So stuff. I think they're on a computer. And they're watching this CGI you think so? test. Yeah, I, think I, it's I a guy. I don't think so. I, I have a hunch that this is going to be the main villain in the Batman movie. I'm bringing this up. All right, um, keep going. So I think um, I think he's meeting with CGI companies, and this is he he decided on the one that he wants, and this is his way of showing us who the main villain is going to be. I would be surprised if that clip is even in any of the movies. Right. I. You know what I think? This is what I'm going to predict: is that they're kind of pulling a suicide squad where this is something that it's going to be in justice league briefly that is setting up something in the batman movie the same way that batman was in like we had um batman in batman v superman and then we had him briefly in um, suicide, squad. suicide squad and we also had the flash briefly in suicide oh, squad yeah, as well that's right. so i i think this might be like you know, maybe at the beginning of the movie or something like that, where it's just catching up with where Batman is at this point. Do you think it's? Do you these... think it's not going to be the main villain of Justice League? No. You think? Well, he's... they already know. We already know that Steppenwolf is the main villain of Justice League. Are we sure? We just know that he was in a deleted scene. No, Batman. they've said he's oh, really? the he is the main villain because the idea. Everyone at first assumed it was going to be Darkseid, and sure. then they came out and said, "No, it's Steppenwolf." Right. I For imagine the first one, and then. The second one that they say is not officially happening, but it's kind of officially happening. Well, I imagine Darkseid is probably going to be their Thanos. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the guy they work up to. Oh, it definitely is. Um, Yeah. So I did want to just throw that out there. I I think it's an actual guy. I think that it is. I don't think it is. It looks too smooth for how clunky the armor is. Like, it looks very Iron Man esque, and his movement is way too smooth well yeah i will say this they did not say anything i mean again there was no caption in the video but no one has reported like oh it turns out this is the actor underneath that right yeah no one's there people are still trying to figure out the actor um but yeah so all right should we move on to the sad sad reality that we live in now yeah yeah um do you want to talk about it or should i talk about it why don't you start us off okay um, so we just learned today that the great, great Gene Wilder passed away at the age of, I think, 83? That's what I think, too, yeah. yeah. Um, we, th- it was funny because you just told me this maybe minutes before we got on the train to come record this. Um, and so I think this was a good idea to, to talk about this because we can kind of just kind of riff on yeah. our feelings on the man. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're any kind of a geek or a nerd, um, Gene Wilder had some sort of place probably in your in your childhood. This was a guy who, um, for me, I'll just start off with this. For me, this guy harkened back to an old school comedian in that he was a real actor. This guy was... You know, today we have some really talented comedians in in film, but it's all based around um, this idea of kind of that 
the Apatow style of comedy where it's we have plot and we have a scene and then you start a comedic bit and you freeze and you stop everything to riff on that comedic bit and then you move on. And but the whole plot and every and the whole flow of the movie kind of stops and you sit with it for a little while. A little while. Yeah. This was a guy like the Mel in all of his Mel Brooks movies or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or the Frisco Kid, um, who could make you laugh and stay in the moment and stay in the character and move the plot forward and move the movie forward, and. You lived in a funny idea with with his movies. You know, the, the, the when you boil down the idea of Young Frankenstein, it's a funny idea. Yeah, and on that top was top of the humor. That was his baby. Too. Yeah, he he. Uh... He's also um, I know for I I've heard this great story about him. This is one of my favorite stories um, about the ending of Young Frankenstein. That he was definitely the one who came up with the putting on the Ritz ending oh, great. that it wasn't they didn't know how to end the movie sure <laughs> and Mel Brooks was they were shooting and they're like I don't Mel, he was like I don't I still don't quite know how to end the movie and he and um, Gene Wilder pitched this idea of the putting on the, putting on the Ritz and Brooks was like nah, no I don't think that's gonna I don't think it's right man and then and so Wilder Kept fighting for it. He's like, I, I really think this is it. I really think this is it. Um, and then finally Mel Brooks was like, yeah, I think, you know what? All right, let's 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 try it. Let's do it. We'll shoot it. And it made it into the movie. Wilder once asked Mel Brooks, you know, why, you know, why, why did you say no at first? And he said, I knew if I said no and you kept fighting for it, then it was a good idea. Oh. That if if you were that passionate and you were that um, uh, headstrong about it, that it was the right thing to do because you because you were going to fight for it and you were going to do something that you believed in. You didn't just give up and try something else. That's a half baked idea. But if you if you have an idea and you really believe that it's right, you're going to fight for it. If I say no, and that's when you know you have the right idea. Um, yeah, I just it, it it's one of those things where you know, we have all these remakes and we have these or relaunches or reboots or whatever you want to call them and people use that phrase uh, they're they're killing my childhood or they're raping my childhood or whatever. And it kind of gets thrown out. This is one of those things that you really feel like a piece of your childhood is not lost. Sure. Um to not to not have that guy in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a the great story as well that I think everyone knows at this point, <clears throat> and it's the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Chocolate Factory one, where they went up to him and they said, "Here's the script. Right. Um, we'd like you to to play Willy Wonka." And right. he read the script and got back to them and he said, "You know, I, I like the script and I'd really like to do it, but there's one condition, right? And it's that when I first come out, yes. I have to be walking with a cane, yep. and then the cane gets stuck in the ground, and then I'll take a couple steps." And people will think, oh no, he lost his cane, and then I'll do a somersault, and right. they'll see that it was all a sham. And they were like, I don't know about this. Can you can you back that up with anything? And he said, well, from then on, no one knows what I'm capable you'll of doing. You'll never trust him, and right. you'll never know if he's telling the truth or not. Right. Yeah, he just had a good... He, he had one of those comedic instincts. And it, again, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't that he just had a comedic instinct about how to tell a joke, which he did. Yeah. Um, 
but he had genuinely just funny ideas, just scenarios that were funny, but also organic. Did he do stand-up? No, he yeah. didn't. He was, a, I mean, his first movie, actually, um, well, I, I need to back it up. His first movie that was released was The Producers. Are you sure? Um, but the first movie that he shot was Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. I was going to say, he looks much younger in that. No, that's why. Bonnie and Clyde, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, and I could totally be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right, is that he shot Bonnie and Clyde. And he only he did? Yeah. He's the one who killed him? He did. And that's really what we need <laughs> to focus on. Plot um, twist. No, he shot... His, he's only in one scene. Is it one scene? No. He's only in a few scenes. He's 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 a very minor part, but he's in many scenes. Is he in many scenes? Yeah, okay. they pick him up and he comes along with right. him a lot. I remember time. I know that. Okay, I will confess I've never seen this movie. Oh, I yeah. just know he's that great he, in it. He's a smaller part in it. He plays Gene. Nice. Yeah, it's his character. Um and it's actually kind of a more dramatic role. It's if not I funny at all. Yeah. Um and he so he shot Bonnie and Clyde first. Stop using that phrasing. He shot the movie <laughs> Bonnie. He shot his scenes for Bonnie and Clyde first, and then went on and shot the movie The Producers. I'm trying to choose my words. Either. <laughs> um, shot the movie The Producers, and the movie for The Producers came out first, and Bonnie and Clyde came out second, even though he had shot them in the reverse order. Sure. So it's kind of interesting to see that movie when see Bonnie and Clyde when it first came out because yeah. the producers had already been a big hit um and this guy launched onto the scene yeah and then he's in this movie and he's like i said he's a small part he's in many scenes but he's a small yeah, part he's very it. minor um which then uh, made him one of the fir- because of that order it actually made him one of the first one of the few people to have a film introduction that garnered him an academy award nomination Sure. Because he was nominated for the yeah, producers. That's right. So it's him, it's Peter O'Toole, Jennifer Hudson, the yeah, chick from Precious. Like, there's a whole yeah, yeah. Edward Norton. There's a, there's maybe, I think there's under 10 people. Yeah, wow. That first first film out of the gate, brilliance. Um, and it, it's amazing. I mean, you watch that performance in the producers, and it is just. It's just energy, just it forward, is. Well, his, just spouting his, forward. His first two movies as well really show you that comedy and drama, the, there is no difference. There's a slight difference. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, that for him, and that's, and that's what made him and, and a lot of his actors of, of his generation and the comedians of his generation is that they both came from the same place. And yeah. then when you needed to, put, to make it funny you added something to it but it still came from a very organic place of like this is what the scene is this is what i'm doing yeah and we're gonna add on to that not this is what the scene is let's we could do this funny bit right here let's stop and we'll do this funny bit and then we'll move on with the rest of the scene um yeah it's just it is one of those things that you hear about it and it just like kind of rocks you back his uh nephew released an official statement says uh we understand for all the emotional and physical challenges this situation presented we have been among the lucky ones he died of alzheimer's side note this illness unlike in so many cases never stole his ability to recognize those that were closest to him nor took command of his central gentle life-affirming core personality 
The decision to wait until this time to disclose his condition wasn't vanity, but more so that the countless young children that would smile or call out to him, there's Willy Wonka, would not have to be then exposed to an adult referencing illness or trouble and causing delight to travel to worry, disappointment, or confusion. He simply couldn't bear the idea of one less smile in the world. Mm. He continued to enjoy art, music, and kissing with his leading lady of the last 25 years, Karen. He danced down a church aisle at a wedding as parent of the groom and ring bearer, held countless afternoon movie western marathons, and delighted in the company of beloved ones. Yeah, just as, uh, he was one of those guys who was just a stand-up guy. Yeah. You know, just um, solid actor, solid guy. I never heard... I've never heard a really bad thing said about him. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I mean, he's usually the one who... I mean, not as bad-mouthing people by any means, but I know his work with Richard Pryor was certainly a challenging one. <laughs> right. Uh, but admittedly, that was during a challenging time oh, in Pryor's life. Yes. And so he was dealing... But there's a great interview... I forget if it's an interview or a series of interviews between him and Alec Baldwin. Oh. But if it, I, I don't know if it's made it on YouTube. It was done maybe 10 12 years ago or so all right um that's that's really fascinating to watch that he just kind of goes through goes through his entire career that's worth it um i we were talking about this and i found this you said something that was interesting and that was that you found and you didn't mean this that it was a bad performance but you said that you thought um willy wonka and the chocolate factory was oh, yeah. his weakest performance sure which is interesting, and I go well. Why I'll let you kind of speak to that. Yeah, to sure, that I'm here. Yeah, I I think that there are a lot of things in that. I it's it's great to have a character who's sort of not out of control, but that you don't know what he's going to do next, or that you don't trust him. Mm-hmm. But that means for me that for most of the movie, I'm not going to feel a connection to that person if sure. I don't understand his motivations or what he's going to do. And why he's doing the things he's doing. It's harder for me to connect to a person. Right. Um, at least in entertainment. And that being said, he supersedes that, or superseded that, in that movie. And you certainly have no choice. Um, he, uh, he breaks the rules in the way that Picasso became a master painter. Right. And, uh, and then immediately said, okay, now what am I going to do that's yeah. different from everyone else? So in that movie, he... He goes against the grain, um, and it works. It clearly works for him, but I, I think I find much more attachment to uh, his characters in Blazing Saddles right. and Young Frankenstein, and even the Frisco Kid, which we were talking about before the cast as well, with right. uh, Harrison Ford, where, where uh, Gene Wilder plays uh, a rabbi from Poland who's just trying to make his way, I think, to California, but right. he lands in... New York. They tell him it's going to, to Cal, or he says, "Is this going to California?" And they say, "Well, it's going to New York." And he says, "Is that close?" And they say, "Pretty close." And they're like, "Oh, he's like, okay." And then he spends the rest of the movie trying to make it from New York to California, California. in the Old West. Right. That's um, pretty great. Yeah, it's well. I think what I loved about him was that every performance you saw, he had that ability to, um, he to go to highs and lows that would just draw you in. Yeah. You know, when he went low, when he went quiet, he had that, he had that, that voice that was so, um, sensitive. Sure. 
that there's the great joke in, in Blazing Saddles that we were talking... I mean, everybody in the next couple of days are going to easily be going... Oh, there's a one in Blazing Saddles, or there's, there's that one in Young Pregnant. So there's that one in Blazing Saddles that we were just talking about, the... Um, the are we dead or yeah yeah, yeah I, are we awake awake are we awake I don't are, know I don't know we black black <laughs> um but just the way that he could just take it down like yeah. all the way down to just this tiny simmer of yeah. a performance but get the most laugh out of that mm-hmm. was always a pre- and the, which was great because then when he ex- inevitably exploded in some other scene. He had that great voice that just was manic and would just take it, you know. It take it took it to any height that he that he wanted to. Well, it's interesting too because his voice is so timid, but right. he has such a commanding presence. Yes, it's really hard not to watch him. Yes, like it's a very charismatic presence. He is. Well, I don't even know if it's charismatic necessarily because when you see him as this drunk, washed up right. guy and blazing at the beginning of Blazing right, right, Saddles right. and he's got that five o'clock shadow. He's right. very clearly covered in some sort of stains. Crime. He looks yeah. like he smells pretty bad. Right. There's a lot of charm there. Well what I mean is But you see his eyes. There's a twinkle yeah, the twinkle in his eye. Yeah. Which was what I it was so I mean that's it's in every movie and yeah. you instantly whether you trust him or not, whether it's Willy Wonka or um, the in Blazing Saddles or in Frisco Kid or Young Frankenstein or or Bonnie and Clyde, it he always has that twinkle and you instantly like him. Yeah, you instantly like him. Um, One we haven't talked about yet, and I think we we ta- I asked you before if you had seen it, and you said no. But <clears throat> see no evil, hear no evil. I no, I've seen bits of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. It, as I was growing up as a young child, it was my favorite movie of his. Okay, and uh, I've since sort of grown out of it. You know, rewatching old movies when you get older, and right. you're like, oh, this sometimes isn't as good they don't as I hold remember. on. Well, I mean, Richard Pryor is clearly on his last legs, drug Yes, guys. yeah. Um, he's he's not doing so great. But uh, do you know the plot of that movie? I know that you know the gimmick. Yeah, one of them is blind and one of them is deaf. Sure, I don't so, remember so which is which. Richard Pryor is blind. And, and Gene, Gene Wilder, Wilder is, is deaf. deaf. And the idea is that someone who has stolen from the mob, they've stolen this very expensive coin. It's some right. sort of diamond coin or a gold coin or something that's worth millions of dollars. Walks over to Richard Pryor's um, bodega. Right. And he knows he's being chased. So he looks around and he takes a candy bar and he drops the coin. He sees that Richard Pryor's blind and he drops the coin in the tip jar. Right. And he runs off. And they hunt down this guy, the mobsters. They kill him. Sure. They can't find it. They trace his steps back. You know, Richard Pryor has emptied out the tip jar. It's in right. his pocket. And somehow, Gene Wilder, who's a deaf man, right. ends up being in the same room as this guy when the mob comes in. And they're like, all right, where's the coin? And the two of them have to sort of run from the mob. Right. And, and now they're the stuck plot. together. Right. And yeah. together, they can sort of, through a strange lag, yeah. make one person. Right. <laughs> but they have to communicate to each other. There's a great scene where Gene Wilder is handcuffed in the back seat of a cop car. Yeah. And Richard Pryor is not handcuffed and he's in the driver's seat. Uh, and they're great. like, we have to do it. And he just turns the keys, the ignition, the engine turns over right. and they go for it. Right. It's, it's a great scene. <laughs> I, it, yeah. I mean, they were, they were one of those comedy teams, even when they were kind of not, as great as they used to be, yeah, they're still they still, they still, still better that. than 
They still both had that twinkle. Yeah, they still and they had that. Char- they knew how to kind of turn it on and yeah. work, and they they worked so well together. Um, and with a look to the camera, you would say, "All right, let's go yeah. wherever this is." Yes. Well, yeah. As soon as they got together and started talking, it didn't matter. I don't even know if they needed that. I, it all it took was a, a look. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 So his work on uh, we haven't talked at all, and maybe you haven't seen this, but on uh, Will and Grace as well. I believe he played. I remember uh, he was on it, but I and he was he was yeah, quite good in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just a, a yeah. It's a sad, sad time to be a a nerd yeah. today. Um, so that's he'll definitely. Twenty sixteen, man. Twenty sixteen is just ripping them away from us. I know, I know, and it always happens in threes. So. What are we on nine? No, this is <laughs> this is the start of a new. I think this is the start of a new one. So Jeez. we got two to go. It's probably you and me. Yeah. Do you exercise uh, a lot? Too much, I think. I lift burritos. <laughs> here's some here's some more uplifting you. news. All right. I don't want to go into too much detail about this, okay. and I haven't told you this yet. I I, I know. I told this you the is all first we've part. talked about so far. What? Well, I told you the first part. I started watching The Flash after your recommendation. Yes. Okay. Great. I don't know how much detail I want to go into because we're already running pretty late. Okay. But it's a funny thing when you're watching a TV show and your cousin comes up in a supporting role. What? <laughs> Which happens to me a lot, actually. What the hell are you talking about? Well, Who is my cousin? It was, all right, I should I should preface. I have a, this is in season one, right? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm about eleven episodes in. Okay, 12. he's been in one episode so far, but he was one of the villains. Which villain? I I can't tell you. I mean, I probably can. He's a, he's a known guy, but I should preface. Where I've never met this cousin of mine. He's like a, he's like a he third cousin removed. He's not technically related to me because my grandfather. I've never met my biological grandfather, but my current grandfather, who married in, has been my you know right, right, law right. grandfather right. since before I was born. Right, right, right. Um, but his like his cousin's son or something. Right. Somehow we're related, but okay. not really. But through marriage, is a man named Robert Nepper. Don't know. He's sort of an unknown guy. You'd probably know him if you saw him. He's kind of a that guy. He got his start in um, Prison Break. Okay. And he was the main bad guy in The Transporter 3. You saw Heroes. Did you see the fourth season? Yes. He's a carnival guy who can move the earth? He's the lead carnival. He's the lead sure. villain. And he- I think Wait, so, yeah. hold on. I do know... Hold on. I gotta look up this guy. Because I, I, I can picture him in my head. Just type And Robert I want to say... This guy. This. Robert Nepper? Yeah, that's him. Don't you that, recognize him? That's your... <laughs> that's your cousin? Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. He's great. Knows. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> what happened, what right? The, yeah, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> Look, he got the acting chops. I got the full head of hair. So, Fair. you win some, you lose some. Yeah, true true statement. That's right, he was in Hunger Games. What? In- oh, yeah, he died in like 10 seconds. But uh, my girlfriend and I... Oh, he was the Clock King. Yes, but my girlfriend and I went to see the Hunger Games, and about, you know, 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, that's my cousin. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Robert Nepper was in the Hunger Games with Donald Sutherland. Oh, Jesus. Who was in JFK with Kevin Bacon. You just like, oh, fucking I. All right, fine. Ah, he's, yeah, he's, did he die in Flash? Did, no. They didn't, he's Captain No, um, Iris shot him in the leg. And okay. then the police took yeah. him away. He, um, he's actually also an arrow as well. Like, he oh, plays really? the Clock King, which is one of um, 
the more famous like second tier rogues in the DCU. Well, one of the things I was going to say too about Flash, and okay. just very quickly, yeah, is that ahead. you said I didn't need to watch Arrow. But there are a few episodes so far that I've been like, I have no idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Because it does spin off from Arrow. Like, like this Felicity up. person comes in and they uh, have a whole history. Yeah, She's been in like that. three episodes and I'm like, who the fuck are she you? She leaves. Yeah, I can fill you in on the stuff. Um, cool. Since we're talking about The Flash, let's go on to reading assignments. So you brought up The Flash. I gave you Flashpoint, yeah. which is um, what they are... Um, sorry, I kind of spoiled... Spoiler alert, that's that's, that's what fine. they're continuing the season three of Flash. Um, it's not really a spoiler since I've read it now. No, I meant that, that season three of Flash picks up Flashpoint. Sure, but you said that's where this starts, right? So I don't really know... No, I'm not saying spoiler for season three, I'm saying s- spoiler for season two. Right, but it's still... Yeah, Like, right. if it... If it picks up listen i'm doing my duty all right okay i'm doing my duty to say spoiler alert if you want to take it take it if you don't you don't i feel like everyone's gonna just fast forward to the end of the of every episode of the podcast where we inevitably just start fighting with each other like an old married couple here's the thing it happens not usually at the end (laughs) it actually happens usually in the middle like last one it was in the middle of suicide squad we started fighting about hawkeye (laughs) that's true um okay so yeah, so uh, you read Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. What uh, your thoughts? I really liked it. Um, excellent. Moving on. <laughs> I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I kept finding myself asking the same questions that I asked in the middle of okay. um, Superman Red Sun. Okay. Which was, how does this happen because of why thing, right? But then I started realizing that in this particular circumstance... Right. Um... I think you find out pretty... It's not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a spoiler down the line. But right. The, the, that it's the reverse Flash. Yeah. Right? That's like page four or something. <clears throat> right, it's right. like the reverse Flash has done this. So I kept thinking there's a you know there's any, any number of... The reverse Flash could have changed any number of things. Right. So like how does... My question... <clears throat> my first question was, okay, how does... Like Barry Allen and Bruce Wayne were probably of similar age, right? Sure. So my Hypothetically, yeah. one of my first questions was how does Barry's mom staying alive affect because the whole point of this uh-huh, is that uh-huh, so, uh-huh. is that supposedly reverse flash has gone back in time um, Barry Allen's mom was killed when he was very young yeah and uh, and it changed the course of history it, it it made him the flash it you know he had his own timeline right, right, and right. now the reverse flash has gone back in time and prevented that event from happening and now we're suffer- suffering from the effects, effects of, of that yes so how does that change um how, how does that affect everything yeah like why, how does, why is it why is the entire how does it affect an event like so for example um in this new timeline Bruce Wayne is, as a young child, shot instead of his parents. Yeah. So how does... How did you get... How do you get from... So Barry, El, Barry Allen's mother surviving to um, Bruce Wayne being the one that killed and, and not Thomas. Yes. And, and so quickly, because it must have happened around the same, the same time. time. It's not like the kind of thing that can alter ten years down the line. Yeah, that's right. It also... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, but that being said, while I was reading this, I, I started thinking maybe this isn't the only thing that the Reverse Flash changed. Mm. It's possible that the Reverse Flash 
just doing this. Screwed also around with a bunch with of other all stuff. the Justice League members. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's interesting to kind of reread this now in the hindsight of Rebirth as well, mm. because this was originally said to be the um, the starting point for the new Fifty Two. Yes. That because. This happened because Flashpoint happened, and then Barry Allen inevitably inevitably went back and fixed things. You can't fix everything just so, like you can't. Well, fi- it, were, it will not be perfect. Right, right. But there, yes, exactly. But there were, yeah, there at the things at, are well, still some wrinkles. So, so let's do some spoilers. Okay, I wanted to to try and get as best as I could from that, but there's yeah, so yeah. many in this because it seems like every every issue has some crazy twist. Yeah, because it's really a deep, cool. Yeah, it, it's I mean, it is it a down. deep cut of DC. But, it's hard to put it down. It's yeah. really good. Um, but for example, yeah, at the very end, they're like, yeah, the, you've made three timelines now. There's the far left, the far, far right, right, and now you have the middle, middle one that you have established because you've gone back and, and fixed fix things, um, which was really neat. I loved Superman in it. It blew yeah. me away. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's in the he's thing. super malnourished, yeah, really yeah, yeah. skinny, animalistic. Uh, yeah, really interesting. I'm not. I mean, he's an alien, so like I could buy it either way. But right. I'm not entirely convinced that he would show up and be like, "Everybody, stop fighting." You know. Because- well, I think I think what they like to do with that is is the idea is that their essence carries through to any. To any right, multiple. you know sure. what I mean. Like he yes. is, he will always be that person. Whether Could no be. matter where you go. And my question is, you know, nature versus nurture and all right, that. Right, right, right. Um, but at the same time, he's been treated like a dog right. for his entire life. So I don't know how much of that would be true. But right. I, I could be convinced that because he's an alien, the genetic coding is different. It's much more about nature than nurture, right, right. and he maintains that yeah. ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and the last, I think, the last moment with it's funny because it's all a flash story and in some ways i would say this is like one of the best batman stories yeah i ever agree written. oh you mean the the letter that the he letter brings back that, to him? and because you you actually see a crack in the veneer of batman you yeah. see it um with that no the, the at the end so thomas wayne is batman in this and martha wayne is the joker which i thought no matter how we end up getting there, no matter what questions you have about that butterfly effect, was a great. It's far detail. more interesting. Yeah, it's a great. I, I don't great think detail. they mentioned that. I knew that going into right. this, but I don't think they mentioned that the mother is the Joker in this. He's just looking for the Joker. Okay, I, I feel like they me- they. I think they touch on, but they don't. They don't like hammer it in. I, I was looking. Not. Maybe for I'm it. wrong. I don't think they mention it at all. He he is looking for the Joker in the beginning, right? And then later mentions the Joker, but there's right. nothing correlating the Joker to Bruce Wayne um, or but, Thomas Wayne. But I, th- I just the idea of like Thomas Wayne being Batman and and kind of, and writing that letter to Bruce and Bruce now it's really having that. There's a great. I don't know if you remember in great detail, but there's a great empty three panel piece at the end on one of the last pages of of like flash has given him the letter and he's like it's from your dad and and bruce is very clearly moved by this and he opens it and starts reading it and there's maybe it's four panels but he there's like a, a shot of him starting to read and he understands it when he opens it and it's a really nice detail he yeah. knows this is from his dad he gets it he opens it up he starts reading and in silence he stands up while still reading and then slowly sits back down and continues to read. Yeah. And it's really moving. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's really sweet. Like, I would have... I, it's the one time I read something about Batman that I would have actually bought if at the end he's like... He just takes off the cow. And he's like, I'm done. 
Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like yeah, you that, can see that because the whole he's idea. Got what he wants. Yeah, he the whole idea is he's trying to avenge his father's his parents' death, yeah. and that or he's, is he's also up. probably motivated by the opportunity to hear or see them to, one yeah, more time to to, to make them that. proud and to to yeah, um, and to live up to their example. And the fact that he gets that, it it would almost seem worth it. Obviously, that's not what happens, but it. That, but that's why I kind of love this story and why I say I think it's almost one of the greatest Batman stories that you have, even though it's a Flash story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great read. Like I said, season three of The Flash is going to kind of pick up and do a version of this. It's also written by Jeff Johns, who is... This is? Uh, yeah. Is, uh, as yeah, I said he's... before, in charge of the DCEU. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a good a good read to for someone who's not as familiar with DC to, to pick up because it, it's really compelling. Um, After I finish, or at least get caught up to Flash, we should have an episode on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would totally be down for that. Because it has... Man, I I won't go into too much detail and we'll save it for another episode. But when it's good, it's real good. Yeah. But when it's not Uh, so good... It's it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the same with all the Berlantiverse. Like, when it's on fire, it's on fire. But they they still have to adhere to, like, the 22... uh, Episode. Well, and specifically, it's it's within Structure. the episodes that gets me. Like, again, without going into too much detail, there it's very clearly a CW show. Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so on my end, you yeah, what did I give me, you? Um, you gave me Iron Man. Oh, Demon, Demon in the Bottle. Bottle. That's right. Which is the classic uh, Joe Casada. No, John. I'm not not Joe Casada. John Romita. Joe Pesci. Yes surprisingly good it's autobiographical yeah um uh, the john romita um classic about iron man who uh dealing with alcoholism and i liked this um i liked it it was interesting it's one of those things where as a fan of comics i have heard a lot about it Mm -hmm. and it's been built up for me so you go in with an expectation and then you read it and very quickly you're like where the hell's the drunk parts? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot guess. of this. When they put it in a trade ba- paperback form, yeah, it is the first like three issues have nothing to do with I've what they said. I've been waiting to talk to someone about yeah. this for so long. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's those three, fine. Those three issues are good, solid. Uh, the last of, issue is the only one. It's and co- it comes the, out of nowhere. nowhere. Well, they build it up a little bit. There's a couple times where they're like, I think you've had enough, Tony. And he's like, ah, one more scotch won't hurt me. But he doesn't fuck up. Like, nothing goes wrong because of this. No, until, like, the last episode. Well, even the last episode, nothing really goes wrong. The last um, issue. issue. Even the last issue, nothing really goes wrong. Someone's just like, you gotta. Yeah, he he flies out a window without opening it and then then tries to save a crash train and crashes it. So that, yeah, that's a a good example. I was really hoping he was gonna face off against the Mandarin and he was just gonna, like, spiral out of control or something. But yeah, I mean, it's another, like, people don't get hurt or whatever. I really wanted to see, like, repercussions for his actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, he's just sort of like, whoopsie, and, like, it's a fact. I mean, listen, for for its time, it's one of those things where, like, you read it and you go, I appreciate, I know when this came out, I appreciate it for its time yeah it's very obvious when it came out because tony stark is sporting some sweet sweet 70s style between that giant perm and that awesome john holmes porn <laughs> stash that is just and like they yeah. literally gave him every 70s detail they could like yeah. they drew in 
every frame he had a gold chain necklace. Yes. And I was like, hot damn, Tony. <laughs> yeah. You are just... It doesn't hold up well. Just... The art. No. I mean, it's the art itself is really good. Yeah. But... Just holy Christ! Yeah, yeah, it's everything I everyone has ever hated about uh, the seventies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing going in. I was like, well, this is a fine story with Justin Hammer. Yeah. There's a great comedic moment, right? Where he says, "I want to ask this guard a question," right? And the guard says, "Huh, me?" And he says, "Yeah, do you know do what a clavicle, clavicle is? is?" And yeah. he says, "No." And he He's says, like, "It's the thing I just broke." Yeah. Chop! And judo and he chops. Just, him. And he literally just judo chops him. <laughs> He doesn't like it was so yeah <laughs> it's pretty great it was but the rest of it is mostly yeah pretty dull here's what i love about and this is true of a lot of comics from that era from like the 70s 80s mostly the 70s but this early 80s yeah. era is that like every time they have like a like a cameo character who's like the random policeman or something sure. like they always give them some sort of weird regional dialect like oh, yeah. some sort of like very heavy southern drawl there were a few of like those. yeah 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 did you see the the french one i was like jesus christ wow. yeah it was really yeah they're really like, just generally pretty offensive yeah um i also love the part where i i mean it was a really compelling story that honest to god it's one of those storylines like if they were to do it today it could be really good because they would layer it in little by little issue by issue that it would be a growing problem and things like that i love the justin hammer storyline that yeah. he's taking over the armor and he kills the guy he kills the ambassador or whatever oh yeah is, i love which that. Is a great it's a great, twist. It's a great and justin hammer famously in iron man 2 mm -hmm. and he even talks about in the comic his character is funding all of these superheroes yeah. or supervillains yeah, i should yeah. say um and I'm reading this and I'm going, God, I wish they had done that for Iron Man 2. Like, Sam Rockwell was great, I think, as that character, but really underutilized the potential for that. Correct, yeah. Um, I mean, Justin Hammer, many people think the Mandarin is Iron Man's main villain. Right. I think Justin Hammer is. He's much more of the tales <laughs> of the coin to yeah, Tony yeah, Stark's yeah. heads. Yeah. You know, the Mandarin has magic rings, and that's cool, I guess, but he's also like... It's really hard for me to read the Mandarin and not go, wow, this is outrageously offensive. It's a weird... It's not an even matchup. It's well, not the, like... Well, sure. But also the first time that the Mandarin is introduced in the comics, mm -hmm. it's in like the 50s or right. something. But he is a... He's called the Mandarin. Right. Which means he's Chinese in right. theory. He practices karate, which is a Japanese art. Karate. 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 And he... <laughs> is helping the the Koreans right. beat America. Which just shows how little we knew about the different cultures within Asia. Right. Like, he's right. just a like walking... Like, the Koreans and the Chinese are just totally It's all the bugs. same. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and in general, just that, like, he's sort of this general Asian. Right. Because he knows all these different right, things, right, whatever, right, it's right, fine. Right. Uh, which is... Yeah. It's hard for me to Whereas get Whereas Justin that. Hammer, you build a character that, like, literally comes... Not literally, but almost comes out and says, like, I'm your doppelganger. Like, I'm the flip side of you. I'm also a, an industrialist. I'm a millionaire. And yeah. I fund villains instead of heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he's a much more interesting character. Um, so, yeah, there were portions of this where, I mean, it was kind of fun to read because you could tell, you could still feel the Stan Lee slight influence of sure. this could be someone's first comic. That yeah. was always Stan Lee's 
thing. So, like, the first page or two was always a sum up of what just happened in the last yeah. comic. And you're just like, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I did like, that. Like, flip through. Um, to go back to what you were saying yeah. about um, them adding in sort of the alcohol right. uh, idea, <clears throat> the alcoholism arc. Right. There was a theory that the PTSD that Tony Stark experiences in Iron Man 3 was going to lead to an alcohol addiction. Right. And that he was going to have to combat right. both of those things at once. And instead, they both just kind of disappeared. I don't think he's had a drink since Iron Man 1, like 2 or 3. Yeah, not not really. Which... Avengers he did. He, he I remember him pouring scotch while he was waiting for his suit to boot up or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't think they'll, I mean... And the PTSD it's, has disappeared as well, for the most part. Um, you could say it, that it's influencing it's influ- I, That's the thing, is I think there was an immediate... You, you do it for one movie where it's like clearly an immediate thing, mm-hmm. and then you layer it in as a receding... Yeah. I actually like it better motivation. now, if that's the case, but they really layered it on a thick layer, where he's like having panic attacks and stuff, and in the third right. Iron Man. And yeah, yeah. It's really hard to watch for a number of reasons, but mostly because it's... I, you know, I, I can't speak on behalf of people who have panic attacks or PTSD, but I get the feeling that it's a much more subtle, I'm trying to live my life day-to-day sort of experience. Yeah. And I I wish they had either stuck with that one and had him try to figure out what's going right. on there, or done what they're doing now from the beginning. I think Iron Man right. 3 would have been a much better movie. Yeah, well, it, I think for me, when I watched Iron Man 3 and I saw the PTSD thing, I was like, it's an interesting concept, Yeah. but when you're dealing with superheroes and and superhero heroic events i like see one event and i go that's the one like why that over others sure i get i get like your mind is blown because now all of a sudden aliens exist and they invaded and everything like that and you have to wrestle with the now we're in a new world and we have to wrestle with that but like i don't understand why you briefly went through a portal into space. I agree. Threw up an atom bomb and then fell back down to Earth. Look, like, here's that the, was, look, listen. I don't know why that gives you PTSD. He should have died for three reasons. One, he was up in space as the portal was closing. So True. it's a miracle he lived even from that. Right. Two, he was carrying a nuclear warhead. Yep. So it's amazing that he lived even from that. Right. Three, that movie was written by Joss Whedon. And he should have just died for that reason? Joss Whedon just kills people. Yeah, he does. He does like to kill a lot Um, of characters. It could be as well that he... I think for the first time in that movie, and I don't think... I think this is me putting... Trying to fix something. I don't know that anyone actually thought this. But it could be that he is just now realizing, oh my god, this entire world is on my shoulders. If I wasn't on this planet, I wouldn't have brought together the Hulk, because he does at the end of the Hulk. He's the one who goes and talks to whoever. Like, we we would have, this whole city would have been nuked. Yeah. And likely these aliens would still be invading. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. But again, I think that's me just trying to fix it. Yeah. I got that. So, what you got? What do I got? Uh, I have, so, I was thinking about what I wanted to give you. And give me back my books. Yeah, I have since since last week stolen two books of yours. I mean, one you gave me, and then the other one I just rushed it's and still stealing. Up. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, so I have. I went to. I decided to go in a completely different direction. Where the hell are you going? You come back here while I'm talking. You damn it! I'm getting yours. Oh, I thought you had my whatever. All right, fine. So glad this is going to be in the podcast. What is it, Chris? All right. Um, I have a Superman for all seasons. What is that? 
So this is done by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, um, who did Batman the Long Halloween. Oh, yeah. Which a good you, one. Yeah, which I gave to you and you, you seemed to thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it was a good starting off point. Yeah, this is, this is a different tone, but it does... You know, I, I think what's well, I, nice about Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale is they find they they're very good at finding the essence of a character. Sure. Well, and, and I was going to say too in the up. introduction to the Long Halloween, they talk about how someone he's like someone came to me and said, "I want to do a noir right type of story." Yeah, so yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't get the impression that that was necessarily his style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they you know this takes a much more. Um, I I I think you might like this because what we talked about Man of Steel last week which was like where's the wonder and that mm. and that sort of thing yeah this really hits like this is almost i think like a frank capra-esque type of storytelling with with superman and and the origin of superman and it's a little more whimsical yeah and, a li- and, and that sort of thing okay um which i really enjoy and so it's also in a it kind of takes it tonally in a different direction from flashpoint man look at that neck i know yeah i mean the the way they draw this is so kind of big and broad like he's huge I will say this. probably my favorite thing you had me read All Star before yes before we uh, we started this and I had said to you that I would have liked it much better if it were a Clark Kent story instead of a Superman story I felt like Clark Kent was really interesting but one of the things I really liked is pertaining to Clark Kent is how they did such a good job of repositioning his mass yeah going from Superman to Clark Kent yeah to just punching it sort of the same way and I'm sure this is where they not where Superman got the idea but, but where, in The Incredibles yeah Mr. Incredible yes. sort of does that as well, and I yeah, think yeah, yeah. they clearly took that from yeah. Uh, and from t- and um, they have this has a similar artistic style to it, where it's like this guy is just massive. but yeah. we're just gonna yeah. So that is that is my pick. So we so you get through as many as you can Ooh. of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series. This is good because I'm really looking forward to this. We've talked about this t- many times, um, not on the podcast. And also, I've gotten the chance to read the first issue of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye. Um, how far does that it. go? Um, it go is the story of how he gets the dog. Oh, that's it. I that's love all. That dog. That's where it stops. Um, but it's very endearing. To, to, you can talk a little bit about. Sure. Um, man, Matt Fraction is my favorite writer right now. Um, I've been reading Sex Criminals as well, which is one of his big ones. I don't really dig that one so much. Right. Um, but he also did uh, one that I'm probably going to recommend you soon called The Five Nightmares, which is an Iron Man arc okay. trade paperback. Uh, it's one that's coming in the mail. It's yeah. the one I talked about last week that I'm waiting on to get a P-less one. Oh, sure. One without the P. Oh, yeah. Um, so Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon, or I, I think they all have different names, Little Hits, L.A. Women, uh, Rio Bravo. This is a story of a guy. And he's just a guy yeah. who can shoot things really well. Yeah. Sometimes it's a penny. Right. Sometimes he's throwing a knife. Right. Sometimes it's a bow and arrow. Um, in fact, the opening line, which is one of my favorite opening lines, is, Okay, this looks bad. You cowboy around with the Avengers some. Guy's got, what, armor, magic, superpowers, super strength, shrink dust, grow rays, magic, healing factors. I'm an orphan raised by Carney's fighting with a stick and a string from the Paleolithic era. So when I say this looks bad, I promise you, it feels worse. And it's really interesting. It's a story of him and his sort of sidekick, Kate Bishop. And it's them on their days off. Right. Um, There's a lot of stuff with uh, his building gets purchased 
for, I think, demolition by a a Russian mob, and he has to try to buy it back, and they don't want money, so he's got to figure out what to do with that and how to to get that back. Um, In the meantime, he's trying to care for this dog as well. And, And one of the things that this does really well is it introduces new mediums. Right. So there's a whole section where Hawkeye is deaf. Oh. And this is told from Hawkeye's perspective, so you hear what he so hears. So there's no words. Or... Right. Yeah. And they also, they don't hold your hand. Um, his brother is in that as well. Right. And they, they teach you, they, they speak in sign language. Right. And they don't tell you what they're saying. Right. You so, have to figure it out. Right. So I, I like downloaded a cheat sheet that I oh, kept wow. on my phone in case I needed to know what they were saying. There's yeah, whole yeah. conversations that happen. There's a whole part of this story that is told from the perspective of the dog. And it's, you see the speech bubbles that are like squiggle, 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 food, squiggle, 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 bed, squiggle, squiggle, right, walk, right. squiggle, squiggle, car. Right. It's, it's the words that a dog would pick up. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's a whole section as well where he falls asleep and has a dream and he's dreaming as his dreams appear to be as a Christmas cartoon special. It's it's this weird wild ride that is so well written. Huh. And maybe I'm building it up too much. I hope it doesn't ruin it for I mean, you. like I said, I've read the first issue and you've talked about it a lot to me before and said you really liked it and the first issue kind of backed up what you said. It yeah. is really, really amazing. So I'm, this is a read that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. In my to. opinion, the fourth book sort of peters out, but it's it's still fraction it's still got his essence right right, right, um, right and i think those are the only four those are at least the first four in the the hawkeye series and those four are written by matt fraction i think okay. i know the fifth one isn't i think the sixth one isn't right i don't know that he ever came back to right. It, but right right it's real awesome good. yep cool that's gonna do it for this week of the mini lunch break that's uh two down and two to go how long until my parole is up i don't know um, but you wear that ankle bracelet really well, I gotta say. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. It's very slimming. Um, I received, also, we could do this on the show, ooh. I received a, a package, some sort of trade paperback. I don't know what sure. it is, but I'm gonna oh. open it up. Oh, it's the Five Nightmares. It's the one we were just talking about, so that's good. This is compelling stuff right yeah. here. I'm listening to... I want to reread this before I give it back to you. Wow, too. you in two seconds just ruined well, it the was quality you. of it. It was not me. Yeah, sure. Um... And when I read this, actually, when I read The Five Nightmares, I didn't know it was Fraction. I didn't know who Matt Fraction was. Oh, okay. So, but I just knew I really liked nice. it. Yeah, so awesome. that'll be probably your next one. Oh, looking forward to it. Nice. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Woo! I've been Chris Treble. Woo! He's been Andrew Dunn. Woo! And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Wow, we... Bye. You know what I like? I like how we aimed to do a shorter podcast. and It's by even doing, longer. It's even longer.